Welcome to the Out of the Basement Podcast, a show where a group of friends get together and talk about a variety of geeky topics. Find out what shows we've been watching, find out what movies we've seen, find out what games we're playing. Come along and join us. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Out of the Basement Podcast. This is our, let's say the first of hopefully many, CottageCon episodes. Where is that what we're calling it? Cottage Con? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's what we've been calling it we've for a while. We've for like six months. <laughs> if you could stay up past eight o'clock. Oh, oh, I remember voting. Maybe if we didn't start until nine. Uh, so, <laughs> my name is always. Nocturnal bastards. <laughs> my name is always is Deborah Turek. And today I'm joined by people you may have heard on previous episodes, especially the ones that take place in Adepticon. Oh, Andy's never been on the show, but we'll, we'll introduce Andy. <laughs> I, I've, I've been on other shows. This is not my first podcast radio. A- A- Andy much. has got multiple shows, some of whom which are on the Freebooters Network. And yeah. which I occasionally actually post new episodes to. <laughs> you know, once or twice a year. That was almost <laughs> and you have high-quality premium podcasting equipment, too. Do you have a 360 mic? No, no one has a 360 mic. It's a cardioid mic. It's got a really interesting sound. a boom mic? I, I do. It's on the. Yeah, one of those big raccoon things for outside. No, no, I do have a pop filter though, a little like piece of <laughs> nylon filter. that goes over the front. So it's legal in most states. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, and all provinces apparently, because it was up to the provinces. As well yeah. as as well as a couple of commonwealths. <laughs> all right, so let's introduce. The- <laughs> Sorry, Joe just spit on his drink. Whoever had Joe Jess for the first snark, you've won ten points. Ladies and gentlemen, we have had our first spit take of the weekend. I think we're good. Hopefully first of many. I don't see anything. All right. So once again, my name is always Deborah Turak, and today I'm joined by... Joe Jess. Who just slammed Hello. his yes. beard in front of the microphone, who you may have heard. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be fine. We've got Matthew Clark. Hello. We've got Mr. Terry McGregor. Hi, everybody. And we've got Andy. I don't know why I'm... Oh, I got... No, I know this. I know this. It's like, <laughs> it's like this. Trucker without the T. Yeah, Rucker, of course. Ruck Dog. Rucker with the F. Ruck Dog. It's, it's just a great Without this man, Listen. you would not have been drinking at 2 p.m. Absolutely true. 100% true. No, wait, hold on, not 2 p.m. 2 p.m. I was still on the road. He was still on the road. 3.30-ish. Mm. 3.40. Whose fault's that? I'll be there by 12, 12.30. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the first one to leave, eh? What's so, uh, so, so as, as it turns out, Dev was nearly rolled up at the border because he departed his domicile without his passport. Yep. Uh, l- luckily, I remembered that I needed a passport <laughs> only about 20 minutes into my car ride. Mm. And I had to turn around and go back home again. Anyway, so we are currently <laughs> in... What drinks you got, dude? <laughs> well, listen, this one's... Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Right, okay. That one's mine. We got confused. <laughs> How many fucking drinks do you have? I have enough. And you don't have enough. Now you're having, you're getting there. How dare you? Please, please do slam the table more. Yes. While we're recording. <laughs> I mean, that would help that. <laughs> don't start. <laughs> Backing Robotech. Oh, 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 did the Kickstarter? Did it fund? Funny story. Mm. It funded, then there were lawsuits, then the little weird dude went all weird. <laughs> so you gotta give a little backstory on is Robotech. Is this the second Robotech Kickstarter? Was there no. another one? No. no. This, this has been the ongoing Robotech. Still They're still decade. going on. Yeah. 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 The last time we recorded as a group yeah. at Adepticon. It was, it was when it was launched. It was, launched. Oh, yeah. so it was the shit. Because everybody good, was talking about and, Robotech. And about 15 times during the episode, Joe's like, they're up to thirty thousand dollars. 
threw up to $30,100. <laughs> Did I? Yeah. Yes, I don't know. Where's the update? That's, that's, I must where, have been drunk during that one. <laughs> I, that's where he's just like, wait, did it fun yet? Hold on. Nope. Another and the funny thing is, I never funded it. Yeah. <laughs> I never backed it. All I know is I got everything I ordered. All I know is that it's still not put together. No, no, no. no it never will be. It's way too fiddly. Do you have an I airplane do. model that has 67 parts as well? I do. And that's on 74 sprues. Right. For 32 models. Well, it was modeled after in, actual... In three different variants yeah. for one fucking model. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was modeled after the actual... Like old school. Hashtag model. just Veritech things. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag harmony my ass. <laughs> it looked good though. It should have been good. Let the experts do the expert work. So I saw the metal battle pods. Those things were fucking deadly. Yeah, the the Zentradi battle mm-hmm. pods. I have one of the metal ones. Even those were like the prototype ones. Yeah, it was in the packaging and everything. Yeah, yeah. The prototypes because they, they gave them out the following year. Yeah. But the year that we were shooting the shit. It, even when we got the models, they are also one, two, three, four, five, six, or seven, you're going to be doing a lot of twitching during this. Well, I'm, I'm at least, so I'm at least familiar 14 with the physical shape of the Zentradi yeah. battle pod, and the legs in that thing are relatively spindly, so they're, they're making a yeah. huge like metal egg, basically. Yeah, it's yeah, egg that's with legs. They're little toothpaste. No, because the metal one had singular piece legs for left and right, uh-huh. one yeah. piece. The uh-huh. plastic, that's why I was counting. One, two for the thighs, three, four for the knee sections, five, six for the shins, seven, eight for the ankles, and then they had fucking feet yeah. that yeah. were multi-piece. Yeah. Yeah. Why? This, Why? Doesn't, yeah. this doesn't work really well for a podcast, yeah. but uh, I played Nothing a visual well, medium. I, I, it's riveting radio, yeah. Taking yeah. your shirt off I, slowly. Yeah. Slowly. Well, I already did that earlier today. Well. In the parking lot. <laughs> In the parking Twice. lot. Uh, Malifo, uh, one of the, the crew that I played, Victor Ramos, who's no longer part of the game for story reasons, he had little spiders. What'd you do? Oh, no, they, they captured him. And they've, they're held holding him in a prison in, like, Vienna, Austria or something like that. But they had little spiders. And the spiders were oh, half the size of a dime in terms of You're their diameter. And then... Eight individual legs right. attached to this spider that's about the size, half the size of a dime, and you had to put them all in. Well, you didn't have to. You know, you know, what, you know what I blame for this? The transition to CAD programs for model right. stuff. Yes, that's okay. what I attribute this to. The uh, yeah. Games Workshop Fuck progress. Ga- games Let's Workshop go back is to coming to the same thing. Uh, the, the new plastic Redemptor Dreadnought that they put together for the relaunch of Horus Heresy, Horus Heresy 2.0. That thing's got, I think, five different pieces for each foot. Oh God! So, yeah, like but the, why? The but they're magnetizing now. But why? What magnetizing? No. It's, 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 like, it's remember about when detail, it would just be a right? torso, legs? So it, that's the conversation now. We're going to talk about uh, talk about apparently, apparently so. Yeah. I'm sorry, Mr. Positive. What would you like to speak no, no, about? No, no, it's the same industry? thing. So everything's I, I, I have door. my hand a blood bowl halfling. And it's too loud. Please do not slam the halfling on the table in front of the microphone. So it is incredibly well painted, by the way. Thanks. It's also painted. <laughs> it's pa- it is painted. It's painted, painted. You had him at painted. So his feet. Why you got to are different pieces at the ankle. <laughs> so at the ankle, he's got uh, sort of a um, a, he's, a U loop. He's standing at attention. And the U loop fits inside of each individual foot, and they're not shoes because they're ho- they're hobbits. Right. right? This, so they're barefoot. With this gentleman's 
profound belly. <laughs> and He's lower, a hefty, half like hefty. And lower extremities. You'd have to paint his feet before you assemble him. Yeah, uh, yeah, if you're... Look at the girth. Behold the girth. <laughs> <laughs> it is quite girthy. Very girthy. But yeah, they, you, would, you would never have done that. It would have been a single piece mold mm -hmm. or... Is he okay I being mean, referred to as heavy? Does he have denim? Hell, excuse me. Half That's really? even worse. <laughs> I know. Well, what was it at Sears? Husky? Husky. 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 Yeah. <laughs> they had the Husky department. Oh, yes. I remember that. Big fucking puffy but jackets. I mean, like, but it's, it's the whole point, like you're talking about, Terry, is that you want to do all these undercuts for maximum detail, but the only way you can do these undercuts is you have to do them as separate pieces, because otherwise the mold won't come out. But right. then you won't buy the painting thing, the little knob thing with the holder. But even that's on a base. Yeah. So then you have to buy a different adapter so you, you can to... hold the feet. No, you have to buy the paint holder thing that's got like the Dr. Octopus arms. Yes, yes. Hold, hold it all together. Or you, or you just paint on the sprue like I do. Oh my no. god. No. You don't paint anything. Fine, but when, yeah. I, when I did paint. Yeah, that was a decade be, ago. It was. It would be on the sprue. Blue, blue table does not count. Well, to, to, be, on, to be honest, Ouch. with the way that does things. Not, no, it does not count. Black <laughs> Templars. I painted my army. I painted my army. He did paint as he did. Of course I did. Army. There's, there's only one bit of my army that I actually had professionally painted, and that was the breachers. Mm. I had, I had a. Um, have you used the breachers? I have. I've used them as, as uh, terminators. I fucking love that. Are breach. they okay with that? Yeah, they're fine. They have these Please amazing. Please stop dropping <laughs> shit next to the microphone. <laughs> Devon will have to edit this out. <laughs> amazing, uh, like head to floor length uh, shields that they use as breaching marines. Oh, fucking, I love that model. And so those I had professionally done. I had my the rest of my army. It's all done by me. My son Zaharis was professionally painted. But was it on? Well, I guess you didn't do it, so you don't know if it's on the spur. Whoa, whoa, no, whoa, no, no, whoa, no, no. whoa! I got the whoa, whoa, no, whoa. no! It was not painted on the spur. No, he said professionally painted, so obviously not by him. Yeah, whoa. not by him. <laughs> Holy hustle! Listen, having seen Joe's Ultramarines, they're quite beautiful. Oh no! No, no, my sons of Horus. No, no, I haven't, I haven't seen your yeah. sons of Horus, which were, I'm talking about the the models I know you've painted yourself. Yeah. They're the blue ones. Yeah. The blue ones. Smurfs. Smurfs. Space Smurfs. So, have you guys seen this thing where it, it started with the scale modelers, where they would take a kit, like, I don't know, a World War II British Spitfire airplane, mm -hmm. and they would do this great paint job with it on the sprue, and then they would just frame the sprue and hang it on the wall. Oh, interesting. I've seen people doing this now with 40K miniatures. Like, they'll do, like, a Space Marine or something like that, and they'll do this great paint job with it on the sprue, and then right. they'll frame the sprue and hang it on their walls, like, in this picture. If you're doing just one, I guess the, that's fine. But I thought you were singing a song. Here's the thing. You started out. <laughs> oh. And then you went right into World War II tanks. And you lost no, but I can see, even, this comes back to some of that AutoCAD stuff these days. Yeah. Like, the way they design the sprues, now it actually, a lot of games lend to painting on the sprues right. to go yeah. along with that. Like, I like the idea of doing that, but yeah, I like to paint because I like to what, paint models what, on a table to, to play. To yeah. Titanicus. So in Titanicus, the way the models are designed is the one sprue is the skeleton. So let me ask you a question. So I know what you're saying. I acknowledge that. I get it. You're still painting it twice. You are not. That's the beauty of a lot of this stuff now because hold when... On. Hold on. Okay, go ahead. There's, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of uh, silent blinking going on. Yes, eye blinking. Totally works in pockets. <laughs> So with these, you're not necessarily painting everything twice. 
Really Wait, necessarily? Not no. Is there an not adjective in there? Well, there could be, yes. Or an adverb? Because it, or an it, ad something? That, again, depends on your context. Because what I'll do is the big flat areas... Will you do touch-up the armor where the sprue was where you I am not touching up. That's the difference. Because all the sprue is attached to trim. So I paint the large flat surface on the sprue, then I take it off, paint, and then I paint the trim on the miniature. So So you're painting it twice. I'm painting the trim once, and I'm painting the base model once. Which counts as two. One plus one is two, so you're painting it twice. I I, I have not painted the trim. At all, at it's any just, point. It's until just, I just, a model. I just want, I just want Devon to isolate trim, getting said by you over and over again. Trim so that could be my ringtone. Trim, <laughs> trim. Valerie called me. I mean, trim. It's, 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 it's multiple passes, but it's only one, one. Well, I haven't put a single pass on the trim until it hits the model. Exactly. Right. Trim. So let me get this straight. You've painted everything. I painted not all everything. the large flat surfaces. So you haven't painted not, everything. Correct. No. So you're not done painting on the first pass. Correct. No. So then you're painting the second time. You're still applying paint to the model, which would imply a second coat somewhere on the model. No. No. Still, still the first coat. Don't defend him. Let him defend himself. Him. No, I'm defending him. He's a big boy. He can take <laughs> we you. We stick together, eh? What's that a boost? Right. You're a hoser. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Duncan. Uh, I put a single coat on all the flat surface, including whatever I So you're painting it three times. (laughs) Jesus Christ. How much have you had to drink? Not enough, apparently. (laughs) You're applying a primer, then coat one. Oh, jeez. One coat. It's one one coat of one base coat, shade highlight, like a normal miniature. Sell it. And then I do it on the trim. You pointed me with four fingers. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I got to hold my cup with my thumb. At least he's not giving me the knife. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I can't. I'm, this is actually, uh, here you go, it's a drink. Here. You know what, take this up a notch? I poker mix. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> crunch. That's Motherfuckers won't be able to hear anything. <laughs> something crunchy that we're eating as we're talking. <laughs> See, I like only the content if, and the discussion about miniatures. How about we talk about what we've been doing? Only this, if this we had five separate microphones. <laughs> five microphones that were two inches from our face. Yo, guess what? <laughs> Okay, we don't need any more crunch, right? Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm not falling into that fucking <laughs> trap. I want Devon to be my friend tomorrow. <laughs> so, Joe, what have you been working on uh, game-wise? Uh, so, game-wise... Dynamite drop-in, money. Yeah. So, I've been doing a lot of D&D min- minis for my campaign, as well as my son's campaign. So, that's been my big painting table challenge. Your campaign that you're running for us? What? <laughs> oh no! You get all pre-painted miniatures for okay. tomorrow night. That's fine. Yeah. No, that's I for didn't my, see any uh, of them either. Trying to rescue yeah. them from a plastic As bag that was abandoned on the counter that may have been on top trash. of my my stuff. Did I see a Hydra? No. 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 Did you see what I did there? Yeah, you did. Nice, no. n- nice cover. <laughs> but uh, are we doing Temple of Elemental Evil? No. no. I've, I've heard great things about it. Yeah, at the end no. of two screens. So and this was off of the Guild. Uh, it's two to four hours. Okay. It's a Holly, Holly in a row, Halloween themed. What? In two, a row? two to four hours in a row? Are there zombies? Yeah, max. No. Oh, how can you have a Halloween themed? Oh, anything better, better. Ghost skeletons. Ghost skeletons. We're fighting. How about just screaming? Throw zombies. Demonic in. possession. At level four, screaming flaming skulls. So, we'll see. We'll issue. see tomorrow night, as I have to diligently read it tonight. I have to fix that. Right. right. Yeah, yeah. 
same, same, by the way. Yeah. So <laughs> tell us about uh, the campaign for your son and tell us about your campaign. Okay. Did so, Devram hand you a script? Wow. There you go. I think Listen, that, I'm I'm I think that really I'm gonna, wants to host his own podcast. I'm going to yes. sit at the edge of the it's table. It's only like an awesome tabletop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> .com backslash org dot de. <laughs> we, we do officially have a YouTube channel that's got nothing on it. Yeah. So as we, we talk right yeah, now. You yeah. should have brought a camera. <laughs> nobody, nobody wants to see this. <laughs> no, 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 nobody wants to see this. Fair. Let's be real. Actually, uh, everyone has a camera in their pocket. We can have true. avatars. That's true. We can have little avatars mm. be, our, be our speaking points. You do AI yeah. avatars? Yeah. Yep. Just have the picture up and have a little pulsing light behind them. We can all be Hems- Hemsworth brothers. I'll be Matt Damon. Um, I don't know where to go. I know. Sure. Yeah. Sorry. Silence is terrible right yeah. now. Okay. So, so as we talk right now. Sort of the tagline. For the <laughs> That's cold-blooded. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. I've got a paw. You may recognize me from other areas. I knew you were Twitch. <laughs> Captain Crunch. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Campaign. Go, go, go. All right. So as we talk right now, my son's playing his campaign. He's playing a Forgotten Realms playing. Forgotten Realms campaign for eight other kids. Is that because that's one of not? And this is not a slam. This is a compliment. That's because he knows by proxy everything so, in the Forgotten Realms. So yeah, a lot of is. a lot of Fifth Edition is set in the Forgotten Realms. It's almost become default campaign setting for Fifth Edition. So he's comfortable there. But that was also true of previous editions too. No, like, Greyhawk was the original campaign setting, and then I've never seen anything. Second edition is where when they introduced Second Edition is where they really pushed Forgotten, uh, Forgotten Realms. Realms. Yeah. yeah. But uh, so no, he's running that. He's running it in the High Moor. There may be a live encyclopedia for anything in the Forgotten Realms that uh, may tap within his household. Oh yeah, yeah. He literally has everything that goes back to the original gray box sets, to include Dragon magazines and every other published material that's there. So I have offered that to him, and he prefers to uh, do his own thing, <laughs> which is fine. You know, there's, of course, you know, there's rules to this, right? Yeah. So that's fine. No judgment there. But uh, and then I run a Forgotten Realms campaign on uh, Wednesday night, which is a it's an open ended campaign. Open ended as in like West Marches style. Yeah, so people just come in and out. And no, so I've got a question so, about your campaign on Wednesday evenings. Yeah, were your players granted access to backpacks at oh, any geez. time during the absolutely first, first level? Yes. So everybody so they were gets, able. There was no encumbrance. You didn't like fuck people over with coins. Saying, hey, you, congratulations, you're carrying too much gold. Or Electrum. I'm yeah, sorry. I, I like Electrum. I know. I still <laughs> use it. No one's perfect. Yeah. Uh, no, so we do give out backpacks on all of our campaigns. That's very kind of you. Yes. Adventure backpacks. Game Master. Yeah. So what I did in limited to Dungeon Master. I would multi-game system platform. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but what about the Thursday campaign? What about the Thursday campaign? Your favorite. You're running one for us. Oh, yeah. You're running one for us. So I am running the worst worst. campaign, Tyranny of Dragons. So if you go back and look, it does not get really good reviews (laughs) because it was one of the first ones that they did. It was not level-based. The town's name is Greenest. Yeah. Really? Is it, though? It is. Yeah, but only... No, no. It was. Yeah. So it spoiler. Is, it is no longer. All right, yeah. now we, that's that's an, an immediate spoiler tag. It's somehow on the caught on fire. 
Yeah. Undetermined causes. <laughs> um, now you've just spoiled it for any other person that's never played it. Mm. It happens at level one. But, yeah, true. Yes. But they have back. But, but the reason we know that it happens at level one is because that's as far as we've gotten. Yes. No. <laughs> well, that's right. We're now level two. You're yeah, level that's two. True. That's true. Because you completed that one cycle. Right. Which, but that's part weeks, of the, that's part of the the problem with that particular campaign, though, is it was still experience based campaigning. Yeah. So you literally had to track experience points. I love tracking experience. So points. for that particular like, it's game, it's actually one of my favorite things to do. As a Sorry. DM, you as got a player, a, as a DM, both. Sorry. Why? That's because he only hands out ten at a time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unless there's Hold a girl on. in the group who has a figure. And I'm not talking about a miniature. <laughs> you get a spaceship. Fuck the backpacks. You want to store stuff? I got you, boo. Go on. You were talking about experience? I can't carry a wolf pelt. <laughs> you, you have a figure, but it is more masculine in, in nature. Did you spoof? Not yet. Oh, no, are you sure? No, I didn't spoof. The worst part is that he's drinking water like yeah. a skirt. Round is a shape. Listen, proper hydration is important if you yeah. want to keep drinking. How many? You know what? Why don't you focus on one of the drinks in front of you and finish it? The tequila is not, not going anywhere. I am slowly drinking whichever one I feel like drinking. Tequila. Tequila. I wasn't talking to you, sir. <laughs> anyway, there was a Can question. Can I get that for you? <laughs> so there was a question about level base versus experience. Right, right. Or I... story. And, story yeah, and, right. why, so, so and, I understand and why that, you don't give out backpacks. Hold on. I understand that Let's the, stick to story and experience <laughs> points. One thing at a time. One thing at a time. I get that the new release, the version 5, leans more towards kind of scenario-based. And story advancement. To, yeah. Milestones. So when you get to milestones, milestone, D&D. Yeah, you gain a level. Um, that's great. And I'm enjoying playing that style. But... There's something about, you know, be, just because of when I started playing 30-some-odd years ago. Can you bang the table again? <laughs> Let him finish. Um, the, the, the tracking of every little point of experience you got is part of the fun of playing games. So I got to, so going back to first edition, second edition, there was no milestone no. story advancements. Yeah. It was tracking experience. Yeah. I get that completely. Did you figure out the math or did you just enjoy getting experience and then magically finding out that you leveled? Like, did you know that you I was a perpetual DM. So I was the one giving did, it out. Did your players realize that they had oh, yeah. 5,000? Oh, yeah. They, they knew exactly they how many exactly. were required. In fact, one of the lines on your character sheet is how much experience you I have know. currently and to how much you need to the next level. They're mm. called leading questions for conversation. Matt handed me the script. I understand. Yes. But that was with second edition. If we go back to second edition, it was everybody was different. So a fighter got experience mm, points yeah. for just solo killing a monster, mm. which meant that if you shot an arrow at it, I didn't get the solo kill. Nope. And then rogues got it for doing any kind of rogue ability. So yeah. hide, sneak, yeah. block, they went up in level like and crazy. I'm going to go get a beer. Lowest yeah. sneak attack. They, they had the <laughs> lowest um, totals required to gain levels. Yes. So they gained ex- experience so quickly. Dude, we have AC of... Single digits. I understand. Yeah, yeah. And hit points, single digits. I understand. No, we're going back to that. But the worst, were, <laughs> the worst was magic users, who had first of all the lowest number of hit points and also the highest XP requirement to level. Because when they start leveling, their 
uh, combat ability or their 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 ability yeah. to kill monsters is ridiculous compared yeah. to say a fighter who just can kill one guy. As turn. as the guy from Crap Guide to D and D said, the wizard is the ultimate. Look how they glowed up from high school. Right. Yeah. Once they go from level Protect one to level twenty, right. at all yeah. costs. Yeah. But yeah. you also have to remember in first and second edition, there wasn't these cantrips. There wasn't these right. multiple spells. Yeah. You had your a two first, spells. A first it. level wizard in first edition had one spell. Mm-hmm. It's almost and like a current character mm-hmm. with Eldritch Blast. Max of four hit points. <laughs> no, no. No. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Uses, he uses Eldritch Blast all the time because A, it's a powerful spell, yeah. but B, he can cast it every round. And yeah. C, it's the only shit he's got. Right, yeah. but... I have a dagger. No, I... Eldritch Blast. I have a staff. <laughs> But he can cast Eldritch Blast every round Step. because we're playing fifth ed. Right. We're playing second. He cast that Eldritch Blast Twice. one time at level one, and, and then that's he, it. Then you go hide. Yeah. And then well, you're you, out of the combat for the rest of the game. You either used a sling or a dagger, yeah. and you or, stood or, in the or, or darts. Or darts. You're so. 1v4 dart. Okay, here we go. I, I did one point of damage. Yeah. I have no strength bonus. Because I'm a fucking magic yeah. user. My, and my, a dagger could kill you. My yeah, favorite old away. school from what you're talking about is my buddy who was a cleric. who's like, I'm going to take the crossbow. He's like, you're a fucking cleric, man. Drop the fucking crossbow. Yeah. Maybe try healing somebody. <laughs> Crazy thought. But when you're out I'm not spell, that kind of cleric. What's that? My character tomorrow? You're slandering my character for this weekend's game? Does he have a crossbow? Or does it have a crossbow? He, what is it? So I can, might, so I can use to correct everything. He might... A what? He might have a crossbow. Okay. Is it a heavy crossbow? No. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Is it a heavy crossbow? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I actually found this out. <laughs> uh, when I went back and tried to play Baldur's Gate 1. Okay. Oh, for... yeah. What is oh, wrong it's awful. with It's you awful. Mean, uh, no, yeah. it's a great game. Fantastic game. What machine did you resurrect to run that shit? Oh, so you can play it on the PlayStation 5. I play it on my iPad. (laughs) Yeah, you can download, like, the series, the collector series. I I actually just play it on a regular computer. And it works perfectly fine. Because it's the... um, Playing off of good old games, or...? No, no, no. It's it's, it's on Steam. It's part of the, the... I think it's part of the Gold Box recent revival that they came up with. So they, they brought all those old games back and made it able to be played on a modern day PC. Mm-hmm. Alright, so I have a quick tangent question yep. and I apologize for being rude because I know I'm a tangent person. Mm-hmm. But not rude. I'm a tangent person, but I'm not a rude person. Yep. At least by <laughs> intent. Mm-hmm. They also had X-Wing. Yep. X-Wing versus TIE Fighter. Got it. Got it. And the third one, which is Escape Alliance. The moment. Thank you. Rebel, mm-hmm. Alliance. Rebel yep. Alliance or just Alliance? I think it's just Star Wars Alliance. Alright. I think. So this was, this was my first foray to the point where I remember sitting in my college dorm and it was to the point where I handed the one dude the keyboard and he used the back seat handling the shields okay and I was the pilot okay <laughs> so he was taking care of your, your power distribution yeah nice head on attack no we're going we're doing one of these <laughs> okay more, whoosh, more, whoosh. more power to engines yep okay he, gotta, just, gotta... he just did a weave move yep <laughs> I did start off at the right the low dip to the bottom right <laughs> Popped up to the right, boom, and then we've back to bottom left, just like that. You can probably tell from the amazing microphone reception. Listen, that's I'm, I'm not enjoying the disparaging of my equipment. Well, not everyone's seen your equipment, sir. 
So those games can be played on a modern computer without yeah. downloading to or downgrading to Windows 95. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I bought that entire collection on Steam mm-hmm. to play with my uh, very, very modern-day PC. Mm-hmm. And as long as you've got a joystick attached, it has to have a joystick. Oh, see? Yeah, that's one. Well, that, that was a part of the thing of the original game, too. No, you had a keyboard. There was no joystick. No, I always had a joystick. It always checked to make sure you had a joystick, otherwise it wouldn't let you play. But yeah, I take my statement back, because that's why I handed the keyboard off. Right, so you, you still have power distribution... Available through your your it's too much keyboard. Work. You got to you got to focus on what you're. Let the experts do the expert work. Well, there, there's a reason why the pilot. There's a reason why an X-wing had two two people in the cockpit. It didn't. Hello. <laughs> the, the Y wing does. The Y wing and the speeder. Thank and you. And the speeder. Yes. But also the X wing did have a second person in the form of droid. That's two. Who handled? Who handled power? Power distribution. <laughs> the defense rests, Your so, Honor. So you just called your friend a droid. Oh, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Dude, the his, fucking his, power his distribution. His played R2. Yeah. That's, cool. that's fun. And never whistled. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the tangent. Anyway, getting back to you Baldur's Gate 1. You again. Um, Baldur's Gate 1, I had such a hard time keeping my wizard alive because we're level 1, and the wizard has one spell, and then he has like eight darts that he had. And, yeah. once, and, and it's real-time combat. How many barbarians did you have in your party with your one I wizard? I don't think there was... No, I had a paladin. Um, I, I did have. Did he um, like climbing onto roofs? The the, the guy with Boo. Um, Too soon. Um, the bald dude. Yeah. Very handsome yeah. bald dude. He actually is a barbarian. But the barbarian rules were different for Second Ed than they yeah. are now. Yeah. Um, anyway, so he. But he is definitely a part of my party. And then there was a cleric and the magic user, and I think a thief. I, four, five or six players total, I think, was the map. Anyway, the problem was the magic user would cast his one spell and then he'd fire the five darts that he had left in his inventory and then go running into combat and try to stab someone with a dagger. Yes, he would. He would. And then I didn't notice because I'm busy doing something else. I turn around. Oh, God, why is he in hand-to-hand? And then I'd move him back further away. He's like, but now I'm not doing anything. And charging back into battle, he goes. Like, it, it, was, it was so frustrating trying to keep that one guy alive. Yeah, and this I'm... is a game with permadeath. There's no, oh, I, I reached zero hit points, and now I have to start making death saves every turn until I fail three Hold and on. then die. I've got a timeout. Th- this was... Red. I hit zero, I die. You're complaining. I'm not complaining. You are stating facts yes. about a game. Yep, that's 40 years old. Concerning sure. permadeath. Yep. When, sorry, when you made a gentleman to my right mm-hmm. hang out on a Thursday <laughs> for over two months... <laughs> Two that is not months. true. What so, game was this, by the way? Pendragon. <laughs> the Viking so, game. So what, what, you, what you guys don't realize is that it turns out I'm the world's worst Viking. <laughs> Sub, subtitle. I, subtitle. I, I, I couldn't get into any kind of engagement in this game. The devil well, you could. Down, like tripping over and like falling onto my axe. If you had somebody who wanted axe. to cook the books and let you have fun at a role-playing game, you may have been able to attack somebody so once. The, the rules we're using were very old school. And they are exactly what Dev was just talking about. Where it's like, 60s. oh, you get you get thirty you get thirty They're experience points 60s. for this, and fifty experience points for this, and you get hundred experience points because you 
clove a guy in two with your axe and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. How many did you get and for the, tripping? Yeah, not very many. And so the it's problem I had is that I got so hurt and I had to like set out the battles. But the problem is, is the battles was like the main way to earn experience yeah. points. So I started, I started falling further, further behind <laughs> the rest of the party. It was really sort of entertaining, but also sad. How was it entertaining for whom? I mean, I was having a good time. I just thought it was... Oh, was sorry, no, wait, 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 actually. How many, how many Thursdays did you spend incapacitated? None. Beg to differ, sir. You think it's two months. I think it's in between. <laughs> Somewhere between zero and, and eight sessions. <laughs> I don't know, but why don't we ask Andy? The defense defense would like to call the Star Wars campaign to the panel (laughs) where (laughs) where yet another another person was incapacitated for two games for three games it was more than two dude you're being polite oh my god so sad that you went on that ship that you totally could have had and got beaten up by everybody on that ship you should retreat Mother. Oh, God damn I, I am being maligned uh, unfairly in this. Hold on. Now people have to break open a dictionary. Yes. <laughs> I'm having bad words said about me. <laughs> unfairly. True. True. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say unfairly. I would say unfairly because he was responsible for the action that led to his if falling unconscious. the twat shirt fits, <laughs> sir. The twat shirt fits very well, thank you. Totally wicked awesome it's table Tabletop. <laughs> Also, going back to what Andy was saying about experience points, Matt and I what, don't even what want you to were actually referring to is glory and not experience. Okay, fair enough. So your the experience is done by getting criticals in whatever uh, skill you're attempting, and if you get a critical in the skill you're attempting, then uh, you get to roll at the end of the season to see if that skill goes up. That's there's no real experience. You made my man inhale. I'm just going to sit here, Andy. That's, that's fine. It's fine. Valhalla. However, you are correct in that your glory totals were definitely falling far behind because yeah. you do get a lot of glory from fighting in battles. Yeah. How many how many horses did you go through? Horses? I don't know. I don't remember. The defense rests. I think uh, the only person who didn't have access to a horse was poor Joe. No, everybody had at least one horse die in that one encounter. Oh yeah, horses die all the time in this game. Well, you didn't let us know that. We fucking named the horses. <laughs> yeah. you dick. Listen, you know what's worse? Your horses can die over winter, during winter phase. Then don't let us name the horses. Everyone should name their horses. In defense of Dev, yes, <laughs> please. I you. will say that in my D and D campaigns, horses die all the time. Dev, why are you making a note to give Joe five hundred XP in the next Pendragon? I game? think you know exactly why. If you leave your horse out in the wild, yep, bad things happen. Bad things happen. Oh, I need to role play. I'm going to take my horse in the house with me and give him hay. And we're also not, hug him. We're not talking in town. We're talking in the wild. And call him George. I will love him and hold him <laughs> and make him mine. I'm saddened by the the relatively few people who actually get that reference. I mean, anybody who's watched the old school Looney Tunes. Nobody watch cartoons anymore. Yeah, they don't. Phineas and Ferb. Shit. Phineas and Ferb is good. It's one of the better ones. As someone with uh, young children, you will know all the new ones. Yeah, well, so Phineas and Ferb isn't even all that new, then. That's yeah. the, like 12 years old at this do point. Do the Munchkins yeah. watch Lunatons? So, I've shown them a couple of the older Bugs Bunny cartoons. The but, opera ones? That's the only way we yeah. know opera. Yeah. 
Well, that's not the only way I know. Well, that's the introduction to opera. Yes. I get your interest interested in that. Opera. But modern kids have it so easy when it comes to cartoons, right? Because they don't have to worry about what time of day it is. Yeah. They don't have to worry about sports games coming on and superseding the cartoons. They just jump on whatever streaming service has their show and they just sit there and binge it. So. Yeah, kids these days have no idea how lucky well, they are. Well, one thing I found was Peppa Pig's 20 years old. Wow, I don't even know who that is. Oh, She's I, British. You can tell. If you have kids, you would know Peppa Pig. Yeah. Well, none that he'll admit yeah. to. Peppa, but, Peppa Pig has been rendered largely obsolete by Bluey, which is the good news. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you go back to the whole, like, digital age of watching a cartoon anytime you want. I mean, I distinctly remember coming home from school to watch Star Blazers. Yep. Yep. Star who? Star Blazers. Never heard of it. Our Star Blazers. It was the Yamamoto, Battleship Yamamoto. Yeah. Hold me back, Joe. Hold me back. Are you kidding me? I have no idea. It wasn't even the live action. It was the animated one. Only 560 days left to save Mother Earth. Dun, 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 and the animal comes on. Yes. And it's totally... You've played StarCraft, right? Totally, totally not yes. lip synced. Do you know Wave Motion Cannon? Do you, do you remember... Oh, my dear fucking God. So you remember God. how in StarCraft the Terrans had the battlecruisers, yes. right? The flying units. So you remember how you could upgrade those units to have a big gun that fires out the front? Vaguely, yes. Do you remember that that cannon was called? No. It was called the Yamato Cannon because it was a reference to Star Blazers slash Space Battleship Yamato. Yes. Okay. Star, Star, I don't know Star Blazers either. But you guys, you guys talk about a lot of shows that are from before my time as a you're, child. You're easily a decade <laughs> younger than me. I have it. I have it on DVD. Mm. I don't uh, have DVD. It's not Blu-ray. It's DVD. Yeah. And it's Battleship Yamato. Yeah. And it's live action. Yeah, it's yeah. fucking amazing. Yeah, because well, I thought you said it was anime. This the cartoon was anime. So, oh, okay. so but this this is sorry. Go for it. Well, you, so you explain it better. Than he's I the will. space guy. Yeah. What you have to understand is that it's got ships in it. The uh, space battleship <laughs> Yamato media holds a similar place in Japanese pop culture that the original Star Trek series holds okay. in like you know North American pop culture. Okay. So basically every man, woman and child in Japan has heard of the space battleship Yamato. Okay. Whether they've actually been fans of the show or not, it's just like an inescapable part of the pop culture. And so like with any major thing uh, that's a big part of pop culture, they've done multiple iterations and revisits and redos and reboots and soft reboots and spinoffs. So you've got the original series and the original movies that are all like, like 70s era, and they definitely show it. Everybody's running around bell bottoms with big right. spiky hair. And like, <laughs> and I mean, it's basically, you know, it's the same sort of rough art style you'd expect from like Speed Racer or maybe the original Gundam series or something like that. Okay. Right? Uh, and then you've got uh, a bit of a resurgence that happened in the uh, starting in about the mid 2000s, where they did this one-off live-action movie based off of. The, now they've actually done some uh, reboot anime okay. uh, seasons of it too, like Going start back to their roots. Yeah, yeah, you know, Space Battleship Yamato 2199 and 2200 and all this kind of stuff, and they've been of various levels of quality for the reviews. I've only seen the the first season, the 2199 season, but it was pretty good. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, but that was one of those shows that it was on at 3.30 every afternoon, and if you missed it, you missed it. Is this an East Coast thing? No. Because I lived kind of near the West Coast, and I never saw any of this. We got a lot of stuff from the States, but that's... that's We got it from Japan. Yeah. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, I mean, and obviously the actual televised broadcast of this was well before my time, but... I did become aware of this show when I started in the anime in the 90s, and then I saw the movie at a convention, and I've sort of been 
interested in ever since. There actually is a, circling back around to tabletop, there actually is a Star Blazer slash Space Battleship Yamato miniature war game oh. uh, that's out there that's been around for quite a while. It's, it's been out for like 20 years. You can still get it. You can go to the website and buy the, the rule book and the field manual and the little miniatures. It's a fleet scale game, so the miniatures are smaller than what a lot of people tend to think of these days when you hear the word Starship miniature game, right? But, uh, yeah, no, they're, they're, they're pretty nicely well done. They've got little etched brass fins and stuff on them and a whole bit. The villains were the Gamelons? Gam- Gamelons? Gamelons. They wore purple. Yeah. That, that was, that much, was, much that like was the, 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 uh, the guys. Yeah. But they're, al- they are aliens. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah those, those were like, like the first season and then you had the, the, the Comet Empire yeah. was later one and then the Bowler Wars and, are you all down with the king? The king of what? Pump king. Pumpkin flavored beer? Oh. You'll be all right. But it's more like a ginger. It's more. Uh, it's fucking like spice. Pie. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's more spice than uh, and not spice like a spice. Yeah, it's good. He, he slapped really, his it's face. Like, it's, it's like since. <laughs> yeah, it's more of a like. A thank you, thing, subtitles. Yeah. <laughs> it's not so much pumpkin as it is. Yeah. Pumpkin spice for eight point five percent. Yeah. Good lord, I'm used to drinking Guinness, which is like half that. Yeah. It was well, cir- circling back around to the kids for a second, you know, there's this thing now called adaptive text mm-hmm. where it will describe what's on the screen yep. for folks that are, you know, visually impaired, right? Sexy Turkish man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so my, my sons will be sitting there watching something on their tablet and they'll somehow figure out how to turn that on. They'll turn it on. And all of a sudden, you just start doing all this, this, like Microsoft Sam reading out these ridiculous things out of their tablet. Like, small table with a ball and two blocks. <laughs> and, that's, and, and then they figure out how to turn on to Spanish, and then all of a sudden, they're, they're just chattering away in Spanish. Hola, yeah. niños. Tu cabeza es grande. <laughs> Me amo as Matt Foley. <laughs> no one, no one knew. <laughs> Soy a motivational speaker. That there was a Spanish version of Matt Foley because it was like super quick. Paul Hartman plays the dad, and it's super. Oh, it's hilarious. can't get away with it today. It's so funny because he has the thin, pencil thin mustache, right. and the kids are Latino. So a Spanish motivational speaker, huh? Oh no, a Spanish Matt Foley. <laughs> Matt Foley is from Saturday Night Live, played by Chris Farley. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. He lives in a van <laughs> down by the river. We, we need a Spanish Don <laughs> beverage. Presario L. Walker, but no. <laughs> Thank you, Don beverage. The, the sad part about what you just said is that we're all laughing and no one is going to get it. Uh, surely somebody. Two dudes. Two dudes from that, that YouTube channel. But, but, but it's such it, okay, so Red Letter Media is not obscure but the, that show that they do on Red Letter Media is so obscure if you've hung out with Andy you've seen it you've seen it <laughs> right. multiple times yes I can vouch for that <laughs> what can I say I'm a nerd of very unusual but somewhat refined taste unlike you heathens so what have you been playing Dev? Who you been playing? Uh, uh, really, the only game I've got going so far that is actually um, uh, consistent is my Cyberpunk Red game that I'm playing with the old The Force Is Not Always With You crew. Um, when the pandemic happened, we stopped playing 
The Force and Always With You or Star Wars. And for a while, we did nothing. And then we just kind of did, started doing some stuff online where we were um, playing as, or I was running a campaign of superheroes in in the Palladium superhero game okay. called Heroes Unlimited. Mm. And that was fun for a while. But um, we wanted to try something new. One guy brought up that he had uh, recently purchased the, the base game for Cyberpunk Red. And at that point, I was running Cyberpunk 2020 for a different group of mine, uh, my, my main group back home. And I'm like, well, I don't have Red, but I've heard amazing things about it, and I love the Cyberpunk universe. And I recently played Cyberpunk 2077, which, again, set in the same universe. Written The storylines are somewhat written by Mike Pondsmith, who created Cyberpunk and Cyberpunk 2020. And it has, it's a big part of Cyberpunk Red as well. Uh, so I'm like, fuck it, I'll, I'll buy the, uh, the base game. I'll pick up some of the uh, supplements for it, because it's the, the latest and greatest version of Cyberpunk. And I'll start running them. And we have been having a blast playing it. <laughs> These guys are so outside the box when it comes to figuring out how to do things that we rarely get into combat. They don't really care about combat. We, they, they find creative ways to avoid combat. They talk to people. They have actual interactions. They treat people with respect. None of them are murder hobos. And it is the most refreshing game I've ever run. Like, I'm having such a great time with these guys. The, the only problem is um, a lot of them have children or wives, so we play once a month if we're lucky. Like, yeah. we'll basically play yeah. six or seven times a year, and that's about it. So you're talking adult stuff. Yeah. 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 So it's really unfortunate because I absolutely love playing with these guys. But when we do get together to play, we book like an entire afternoon or an entire day sometimes. Uh, so the last game, the last session we did... Um, we started at four and we ran till midnight. Like we played a full day. Yeah. Uh, the time before Eight hours, that, yeah. yeah. The time before that, we played in a guy's backyard, and then we took frequent breaks and went swimming in the pool, <laughs> and then we had barbecue for dinner, and then at, at the end of the day, when we wrapped, packed it all up, got in the hot tub, we it was soaked in the hot tub for an hour or two, and the, oh my god. So this is in person. This is in person. Okay. Yeah. This yeah. this is the one group that's one hundred percent in person. Yeah. At this point. Well, and I absolutely love hanging out with these guys. So we had, we had a really, really good time playing that. Um, other than that, um, my buddy Pat is attempting to run an Aliens campaign using the, the new rule set. Um, we're kind of so-so on being able to even schedule time to play. Uh, so we've, I think, had three sessions two of which were in person, one of which was online. Mm -hmm. And so that, that's fun, but um, it, it's a fun game. I'm really enjoying Aliens. Uh, that's the uh, new Free Leagues. Odiphius? No, the other one. Uh, the, the, the people who do uh, Conan, the, the 2D20 Conan version. No, that's, sorry, that's Modiphius. Yeah. Uh, this is the other Free Leagues or New Leagues or whatever the fuck they're called. The, the, um, uh, the Swedish guys. You're going to hate me. Yeah, that's fine. Modiphius? Not Modiphius. <laughs> Modiphius is English, isn't it? Yet. Um, <laughs> okay. But no, it's not Modiphius. It's, it's the other. Modiphius does Fallout, too. I think. Yeah, you'd be surprised what they have. Like, they have no, no, every, no, every STL I... for Fallout for 28 mil. You okay. want a Red Rocket Station? No problem. Yeah. You want the little Mr. Helper dude with all the same. freaking yeah. chompy chomps? No right. problem. So, Modiphius is the same company that does the Star Trek uh, adventures. Yes. Yes. Uh, it's the same company that did Conan, which I was part of the Kickstarter for. <laughs> But didn't Conan 
Didn't Conan, Alien, and all the other... All right, I see what you're saying. Is it, is it the same company that does uh, yes. what used to be D20 Modern? No. No, no, I'm super interested in that game as well. Um, I, I, I picked up the, the demo for that. Um, the kind of a tester... Um, uh, I don't know, it's not really a demo. It's, it's a rules-light version, which had the basic rules and had pre-generated characters but didn't have character creation as part of the right. rule package. Um, that finally get, got released earlier this year. I haven't picked it up yet. So I was actually... Because they have modules that go into like all of the old school '80s action stuff. Okay. The Running Man. Right. Alien. That's why I thought I, I know Alien is a property that's for someone else. I get that. And I, I get it. But they had the Running Man. They had um, Snake Plissken. Escape from New York. Escape from New York. And like random. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah, D, I, I, I wasn't a big fan of the D20 Modern rule set because it was based off of 3.5 or maybe even 3.0. Um, but the concept of D20 Modern, I really like. And um, last summer when I was driving through um, the, the eastern seaboard of Canada with my parents and my partner, um, I had many long hours where people were sleeping in the car and I'm just driving for like, five, six hours at a time. Mm. And so in my mind, I started putting together this campaign that I want to do for you guys, where each one of you is a uh, character who plays just a regular Joe, which is then somehow... (laughs) (laughs) Joe's right here. Right here. (laughs) But, But who, through the course of some weird thing that happens to them while they're doing something normal, gets drawn into a supernatural world. Mm. So like a world with under the world. Um... The, ups, the upside down. Yeah, kind of, but but not like when I say supernatural, it's like I, I, a secret society of say vampires or um, werewolves who are kind of hidden in the woods and you don't really hear about them, you don't know about them, but they as a society exist out of sight. Okay, so not like a separate world. No, or like, more like more a, like a, a world hidden, within the world. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. A, a subculture. World. Yeah, subculture. I like that. And I, I think I think I got the concept from that from watching a, um, a show on Dimension 20, um, I think called The Sleeping City or the, the Hidden City, something like that, where it's regular people playing D&D or uh, using D&D rules, but in modern-day New York, where there's this whole secret magical society that, that lives amongst the regular humans. Mm, that's true. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, like in the real world. Yeah. yeah. It's a documentary. Yeah. Um, and Matt, your your adventure or your intro is the one I specifically was working the most on during that trip because I think you had just started um, your uh, camping trip or your your paddling adventure. You own a sporting goods store, and and I was going to actually incorporate that into your storyline yeah. where you're off in the woods by yourself. You've just finished a day of paddling. You're setting up camp, and all of a sudden you start hearing like rustling noises and stuff, and then chaos ensues and you're oh, drawn into this world as it tends to do that sounds a lot more aggressive than the fox that just kept wandering what's <laughs> up <laughs> <So>, bitches <laughs> seriously right up to her feet trying to get the dehydrated food one of my friends spilled all over so, the ground so, right. <laughs> so, with, with, with that revelation I do have one very important question for you what does the fox say <laughs> do it that's a lot different than what we've heard yeah, yeah. 
It's definitely, but, but, it's definitely not. But that, that, that joke itself is also like 10 years old now, so <laughs> I know it's unreal. Not really, not when they brought it back for a commercial. <laughs> I don't know. I still think the best bring back for a commercial recently is uh, popcorners. Have you seen those? Where it's I've Wal- had them. They're where, very it's, tasty. where it's Walter White. Oh yes, like I have seen that. Walter White. Yeah, yeah. It's and li- Jesse. Yeah, it's yeah. literally the guys from Intuco makes an appearance in yeah. one of them. Yeah. It's like these are the bomb. <laughs> <laughs> they actually are really good. I had them on an airplane for the first time back before pre-pandemic. I was like, do you want popcorners or like? Uh, European Biscoff cookie. Oh, Biscoff for sure. Um, Biscoff. No. <laughs> Neither? <laughs> How about some peanuts? <laughs> no. Someone might be allergic. Uh, I like that they do pretzels now. Pretzels. Yeah, pretzels. Yeah. I, I, pretzels. I bought a big bag of pretzels. <gasps> I love pretzels. Also, I've got we have, Hanover Also, we have pretzels. poker mix. <laughs> and poker mix. <laughs> poker mix does Thank God. have a lot of pretzel in it, <laughs> which I'm on board for. It's a filler. So the sad thing is it doesn't my poker <laughs> The sad thing is it doesn't have my favorite part of kind of like I don't know if this is regular poker mix or something else, but the mix I'm used to sesame is, sticks. It's got to be sesame sticks. No, no, it's it's. Um, what are we just talking about bits and bites? Yeah, where where it's oh, Cheetos and uh, party Tostitos. Mix. That's party mix. Oh, that's just party and, mix. And uh, Sun Chips. Party mix. And, oh, and they nice. wouldn't they wouldn't delve into the party mix or the the freaking Sun Chips. No one touches Sun Chips. Yeah, that's that's my least. They have a whole bunch of new Sun Chips out that are really. Do they good. still have the anal leakage warning on the back of the car? <laughs> <laughs> so ironically, Sun Chips are my are Jen's favorite uh, snack. Sun Chips. The sponsor of Out of the Basement Podcast <laughs> for all your anal leakage needs. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about Andy. Andy, what have you been up to? Well, uh, it depends on how far back into the recent past we're going. Let's go eight years. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> we'll be here for a while then. <laughs> I, I, just promote your podcast and yeah. talk about last six months. Yeah. yeah so, so if we go last six months, then I can actually do a little bit of talking about that. So here of late, uh, real life has been getting in the way of doing a whole lot of gaming. So... But one of the things that I set my sights on really for this year was to play more Star Wars Armada. Mm-hmm. And I've been mostly successful in that endeavor. Part of the challenge is just finding opponents to play with because of all of the various Star Wars miniature games that they produced, I think that one's probably the one that's played the least. Not that it isn't played, it's just played the least. It was never like the most popular one. It's also the last uh, one that was introduced, so that probably has something Star to do. Wars Le- Destiny. Legion, that, Legion that came one. after Star Wars Armada. Legion yeah. came after the Star card, Wars Armada. Card and dice game. So... Yeah. It really? It yeah. is indeed. Yeah. Yeah. And now there's Shatterpoint. Yep, it was, well, it Shatterpoint was... doesn't really count because it's, even though it's set in the Star Wars universe, it's not an FF. Yeah, Fancy, sure. Fancy Flight did X-Wing, then Armada, then Legion. Right. And actually, before Legion, they did Imperial Assault, which yeah, was sure. sort of the dungeon crawler version of it. But I've got anyway. a lot of the expansions for that. Yeah. Was that Imperial Assault? Yeah. yeah. It seems like Imperial Assault was more or less made obsolete once the Legion came yeah, out. It really was. So. And no one plays it anymore. Yeah. yeah. It's a shame. Which but one, Legion? Anyway, no, so I got, I've, had some, I've had some success playing Star Wars Legion, or um, Star Wars Armada, Armada, excuse me. Yeah, I've uh, been collecting the game for years on a sort of collect one of everything basis, but hadn't really played a whole lot before, oh, really about a year ago. And I've been averaging uh, roughly a game a month, maybe a little more, not much, but that's an awful lot for me. Mm. So here's the big question. Are you using the Starhawk? I don't have a Starhawk yet. Okay. That's, that's one of the that handful the of things I still have to the, get. The Starhawk is, it's basically... It's the Rebel Super Heavy. It was the counter it, for the Super Star Destroyer. They basically took Star Destroyers 
and smushed them together. Smushed them together to make their own big super ship. Yeah. Uh, that's the dumbed down version of it all. Yeah. Um, but it is a beast. Is on it the bigger board. than Home One? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, way oh, bigger. Way bigger. Okay. Because we're talking kilometers yeah. at this point. Yeah, it's way bigger. Well, that's nothing that's compared to speaking Gothic. French. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, well, we'll get to that in a second. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so now I, I, I've been playing a few other games in the background. Uh, still get a game of Dystopian Wars in every so often. and uh, Which hopefully we'll hear about soon. Yeah, yeah. So what that was referring to is uh, Exploding Dice Radio, which is a podcast I originally started to talk all about the various Spartan games. Mm-hmm. And then Spartan went out of business, and then their IP got bought out by a company called War Cradle, which is sort of the game development extension of Wayland Games, um, if anybody's familiar with Wayland Games over in the UK. Uh, and they re-released Dystopian Wars, and they've got sort of backburner projects to redevelop and re-release the spaceship combat game they made, Firestorm Armada, and the fantasy game that Spartan made, uh, Uncharted Seas, but there's no real firm timeline on when or if those were going to make it back to the market. Maybe someday, hopefully. But yeah, so there's that one, and then I've been playing, uh, well, I played it with Joe, actually, at the convention we were at back in May, uh, Polyversal, which is a really fun sort of Swiss Army knife rule set for 6mm wargaming. And it's got some very in-depth unit creation rules. It's got uh, lots of really useful terrain rules. It's got some fun dice mechanics. It was developed by a guy that is actually local to the area I'm living in, uh, out in Norfolk, uh, Virginia, uh, Ken Whitehurst. And so it was sort of fun having like a, a local celebrity there that made this game I enjoy. That's fun. But really, for the last couple months, pretty much all of my effort has been bent towards preparing for the event game I'm running for you guys this weekend. Any spoilers you care to share with the audience? Yeah, so your muffs. Yeah, so I'm not sure how much we're going to talk about as like a podcast thing. But well, maybe uh, what we'll do is we'll do the event. Yeah, and then we'll talk about it afterwards. Yeah, so yeah. so no spoilers in the two. sense that there's nothing that uh, you know Joe, Matt, Terry, and Dev don't already know. But uh, it's a uh, Battlefleet Gothic uh, scenario. It's a, it's a nar- it's going to be a narrative game. So it's not really, it's going to be a little more to it than just a straight up line up and shoot each other kind of thing. Uh, I'll say that much. But, so you think. But there's been a lot of stuff to prepare for it. So I got a 3D printer back in March, and this is probably the biggest single project I've undertaken since I've gotten it. 3D printed tons of miniatures, um, had to even paint it up. I've been doing a little bit of rules development. Uh, one of my friends um, back in Norfolk uh, helped me do a play test run through of it to That's sort of awesome. iron out a few wrinkles. So I'm not going to say... Who did he play? What, what faction did he play? So he, he basically played all of the Space Marines. Um, and not I, those filthy Xenos. Of, of which we've got two different factions? Three. 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 Which yeah. one's yours? The Dark Angels. Dark Angels. Okay. You yeah. Crusader person, you. But I've been trying to play this very close to the vest, very coy. I, I asked the guys here what their favorite 40K faction was. It sort of was like almost like a little side thing randomly mm-hmm. in one of our Thursday night sessions months ago. Yeah. And then I sort of took that, and I've been sort of spinning up this scenario based off of that input ever since. Um, using uh, Soulforge Studios, for the most part, for the STL files for the ships that I printed. Very cool models. They, yeah, I mean, it's, they do a Patreon. I've now subscribed to their Patreon. And 
What's really neat is they do a bunch of brand new stuff, and then they also circle back around and they improve some of the old stuff as well. And then, of course, you get the new versions of the old models when they respin them. So, but anyway, suffice to say, um, between being busy and, and working on this project, I haven't had much of a chance to do a lot else with gaming. So, this is going to be sort of the, the the big thing I've been working towards awesome. for a while. So, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to try. I've never, I've only ever played Battlefield Gothic in the video game that they released. Maybe. I've Five or six years ago? Uh, so the Battlefield Gothic Armada 1 was eight years ago. It was like oh, 2015. Wow. I did Armada 2, I think like 17. Right. So, yeah. I'll do it. When was the board game released? 98, if I remember right. There was a uh, soft launch in 98 uh, towards the end, and then the full release yeah, was, was in 99. And, of course, that was yeah. back when all the ma the miniatures were made out of pewter. No, well, not all. plastic. Yeah, they plastic. plastic? Well, so, the box so, set was plastic. Okay. So, I'll let Andy go. Yeah, so, what, what, so, all right, so, I, again, full disclosure, I, I, I have, I can go into this into uh, There are, into there are many, loves, many loves in this world. <laughs> Battlefield Gothic is yours. Yeah. Battlefield Gothic was my first miniature game ever, right? This is what sucked me into the and hobby. It, and if and, I may, it's completely apropos my naval friend. Yes, yes. And the fact that you can do broadsides. You can you can use everything that you've learned yes. in a board game. I like big ships, and I cannot lie. That's, <laughs> I like that's, anything. that's what I got to say. Nice. And, if, and if they're actually floating, I'd say I like big boats, and I cannot lie. <laughs> Anyway, I got I got a laugh from Matt in the kitchen. That was a <laughs> long range pun right there. But yeah, no, so Battlefield Gothic was the game that got me started in the hobby. Now, to be fair though, I didn't get into it until like 2006, or sort of well after the main wave of Battlefield Gothic mania passed. So a lot of what I learned about the first seven eight years of the game, I've learned sort of doing retrospective history, looking at old forum posts and old White Dwarf articles and all this kind of stuff. But what it was is. Um, they came out with the initial book, right, the main rule book. It had four factions in it. The Imperial Navy, the Chaos, the Orcs, and the Eldar. The Imperial Navy and the Chaos were the two forces in the two-player starter set. You know, the traditional, here, buy this one set, and it gives you enough to play the game. Right. Like, there's everything you need in the box. It was awesome. Battleships. It was a good it, box. It, it was a very good box. And if you can find one on eBay, expect to pay quite a bit for it. Um, so the uh, the ships in there were all plastic. So basically, what they did is they made a plastic sprue for the Imperial Navy's cruisers, and a plastic sprue for the Chaos cruisers. Okay? okay, and the sprues consisted of the actual main hull with the little you know antennas and the bridge and all this stuff that plugs into it. And then they had modular weapons hard points. So you could have either like a weapons battery or a lance, which is in Battlefield Gothic, lances are sort of like a las cannon in 40k. It's a dedicated anti-armor weapon. And then, or you could have a launch bay. It launches like fighters and bombers, like a little carrier bit, essentially. Torpedoes. Uh, well, so torpedoes were uh, represented on the Imperial models. They, the main hull piece had like a little divot in the front that was supposed to represent a torpedo tube or whatever. But that, that's it for plastics for this game, all right? Everything else in the game was still metal. Right. So the smaller escort ships were metals. The battleships were basically like a metal main piece. And then they, you used the plastic weapons pieces off the cruiser sprues to plug into the sides they of the battleship. They were battle heavy. Which heavy yes. metal. Yes. The, planet, the planet killer was And then ridiculous. the planet killer, which was all metal. I had one of those. Just the put it on the small 28 millimeter flying base. Everything will be fine. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually replaced the huge. I, for those big malls, I replaced the plastic stems with a piece of brass rock. Yeah, me too. Like, yeah, and you're not, it's not like a, a banner 
brass rod that you would use. No, no, in you're talking fantasy. like a quarter inch brass you're, rod. You're talking like a piece of conduit. <laughs> <laughs> so, that shit uh, needs to be hollow. <laughs> but yeah, so you know, the problem with all those miniatures though is that at this point, you know, they've been out of production yeah. now for about 14 years or so, 2010 or so is when they stopped producing all the specialist games. And you had to pay six dollars for four torpedoes. Yeah, yeah. The prices weren't great even when they were still in production, although they're better than they are now. So what you have now is when you go to eBay or wherever else to buy these things, you're paying collector's prices. Right. And so the prices you can get for these things on the sort of the resale market, the secondhand market, are really in excess of what their value is as a playing piece for a game, in my opinion, right? Um, so 3D printing is a big boon for the Battlefleet Gothic community, I think, because now you can get miniatures at a reasonable price that are more in line with what you would expect to play for a playing piece, not a, you know, ooh, this, look at this rare 20-year-old thing that I just want to either not build or build and just put on a shelf to look at, ooh, ah. You know, and gaming as a whole. Yeah, you know, I mean, three. I mean, that's that's true for the wider uh, community when it comes to three D printing. But for games to your like point, Battlefield, the specialist games yeah. and the niche stuff where the passion is for people. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I loved X, and that's what got me into all this other stuff. Yeah. I want to play what I love. Yeah, for some people, it's like more time. It's or, better. Yeah, yeah, it's better than because that's what got you into it. That's your oh, first love. Yeah, yeah it, I think it's interesting too because at least on the naval side, Battlefleet Gothic is the I believe one of the first, if not the first, game to take the concept of modularity to that extreme. Yeah. Um, it's been done other places and in some cases better. So circling back around to War Cradle and the relaunch of Dystopian Wars, they're doing some really interesting um, modular things. Pretty much everything in that range is plastic, with the exception of the large, like battleship-sized ships, which have a resin hull that then accept plastic pieces. Sort of like how the old Battlefleet Gothic battleships work. But, you know, they, they have, a, a like, a sprue, right, and it's got all the pieces you need to make two or three different variants of a cruiser. And it's not just, oh, you swap out one turret for another one, now it's a different class. No, it's like, you use the front hull, but you use a different rear hull that's also on the sprue, and then you use a different type of superstructure. So it actually, they're, they are getting a lot of mileage out of a single sprue worth of parts. So it's really kind of an interesting... Smart. Yeah, yeah, it's really sort of interesting. Well, that's way, that's way more than what we used to get with Gothic. Yeah. I, yeah. I had an Imperial fleet, and... It would, the the modular weapons, so yeah. the launch bays, the lances, the weapon batteries, would have a flat back that yeah. would fit nicely in the slot of each ship. But unless you glued them in there or magnetized them in some way, then you couldn't use them as a modular system. But the thing was the weapon batteries and those other things were so flat that if you try to put some sort of magnet in there, you risk going right through the model. So yeah. one of the things that I saw online and followed was you just dig out a little gouge and put like a staple yeah. in there. The smallest thing. The smallest thing you could potentially fit in there and you magnetize the main hull yeah. and then it would, it, I think you could use it as like five or six different classes yeah. of carrier. That's well, what it, happens when you've got a different culture too because back in the day it was the sales folks telling the designers Listen, we're going to make an HQ choice for $45. And it's the same price as 10 dudes that look exactly the same, but they don't have a cape. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or a little tabard falling down. Well, like, I, you versus know, what's going on with what, exactly what you described the design folks telling the sales folks, look what we did. Well, in, in CMA's so, friendly asylum. Well, and that's, that's War Cradle's solution to the problem that Spartan ran to, I think, which. Um, you know, Spartan did pretty much resin for everything with a few metal pieces. They did no plastics. 
And the situation I ran into is that you had to carry an enormous number of different SKUs, SKUs, because everything was coming in a different box or different blister. Like if you had Cruiser Class A and Cruiser Class B, they were completely separate models, completely separate production lines, different physical castings, right? Whereas uh, WorkRail say, okay, well here is your like cruiser box, and you can make one of like four different types of cruisers out of the sprues in that but box. But Andy, you know? they'll have extra bits that they can use on other models. Eh. It's, you can always, you can always use extra pieces, right? It's, no, it's a waste of pewter and or plastic. We are losing money. Eh. It's the end of the world. Well, so, and, and what's funny is with the Battlefleet Gothic cruisers, especially the Imperial ones, is uh, weapons batteries, the actual shooty bits, were always in short supply. Because they would have basically every class of cruiser the Imperials had used one of those bits, and then there were also a couple classes that used two of them. Yeah. And, so you, and they were good in the game. Yeah, so every, every, every box came, every like uh, cruiser hull came with two weapons batteries, and there were some cruisers you needed four. And so you'd have to like rob Peter and pay Paul was such a pain. This is where magnetizing yep. helped. But it was still, they're, they're not the easiest models to magnetize as a That used to be like the old Predator for the... Uh, yep. For the Space Marines. Mm -hmm. With the metal sponsons. Because, well, not so much the sponson, is you had the destructor pattern and you had the annihilator pattern, which one was the autocannon, one was no. the last cannon. You had to decide what version you were going to use. Yeah. Were you going to use the annihilator or the destructor pattern? Mag until magnets until, became Until magnets became more common. And it was the same thing with the sponsons, like you said, is the sponsons, you either had heavy boulders or you had last cannons. Yeah. Well, to match up, to make it. Realistic. Once you glued them on, you were stuck with that pattern of thing until you figured out how to and use. It's, it's not like magnets. we all work in the studio and can. Oh, I'm, I'll buy another box and you know mm -hmm. I'll use the sponsons where they where I want them, and then I've got the ship. So I'll make this cool damaged ship right. that's broken apart. I can't fucking afford to build a damaged yeah. ship. Yeah. I mean, it's cool and all. And I'd love to do it. It's a great scenery piece. Yeah. That's where you build an orc fleet. That's disposable yeah. income. You have styrofoam and a little freaking asteroid with a foam cutter. What's that? It's a rock. It's a rock. <laughs> with a K. Well, I, but you know, they have come away now. A lot of the newer miniatures are being built to be magnetized. Right. Yeah. To be interchangeable. They finally bought into the this is what we want. That, that, that Redemptor Dreadnought I mentioned, like, yeah. the, the, like the sockets for the arms and the weapons that attach to the ends of the arms are actually sized to accept a magnet yep. so that you can don't them don't we can't we can't publish this <laughs> that's because we're going to get the designers games fired games workshop was publishing this stuff like the warlord titan for titanicus is designed for five mil by yeah. one mil round magnets yeah. you'll notice that that gentleman no longer works for Jeep. <laughs> I, I, oh, i'm so sorry to break this to you he gone well i mean so the, he's got another podcast and a youtube channel working for another dude and he's smiling a lot now. Yeah. The, the pain for HQ choice pricing is real, though. Mm -hmm. Like, as, as, like, an, like, especially for the Imperial Guard characters. Yeah. Like, they want like sixty-five dollars for a single figure Imperial Guard character model. It's, it, it's just like this is. Yeah. All I can say is, three D printer goes burr. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's not even counting. Things like Forge World, where yeah, all of a sudden, yeah. oh my you've, dear sweet you've Jesus! Got the, the Primarchs, the special character. For you know what, Dev? I'm going to downgrade. I'll just play Necromunda. Right. Wait, all the squat stuff for Necromunda is on Forge World. Right. And they have a cool little robot. 
<laughs> that goes around to find, you know, rocks and shit. And then five, I don't even know the rules to it. And then five hundred dollars later, and, well, then, and yeah, and then you get a, a tank that looks suspiciously, suspiciously like a submarine that mm-hmm. no longer exists. It's like, yeah, sure, I, I would love that also. I've already broken out my one model for this podcast. I won't do all the other the Forge World Blood Bowl <laughs> star players I've got. Right. <laughs> And see, that's heartbreaking. Just, it's fine if it needs to be Forge World. It's fine if it needs to be print. Don't, why stuff going out of, oh, don't even, never mind. I'll stop. <laughs> why are you, why are you out of stock on opening weekend? Yeah. Oh, that's a different conversation. Why do I, why does the, and, oh, let's play to the UK because that's our audience. Um, spoiler alert. This is you were your audience also. Yeah. And we love you just as much. Not oh, more. I'm oh, not saying more. Just oh, as much. We, we sent five copies of this one box set for your town. Yeah, and we have to get up at 6 o'clock just waiting in a queue online to get heartbroken every yeah. fucking Saturday morning. Fuck you. Yeah. No. No thank you. Rumor has it they're going to dis- dissolve the Forge World brand. Really? They've been saying in. that for years. No, the poor bastard serious. who's been in his garage in Ireland building the shit needs something to do. So let the man do something. <laughs> <laughs> it's I not our fault trying to fucking stole all the molds. I gotta say. Fix your shit. Forge World does make the most amazing models. So I'll definitely give them that. GW has a higher quality model. Oh, yeah. Period. Yeah. And not being disrespectful to your statement, but that's like a different, they're on a different, it's a different, not a different level. It's a different style. Right. It's, and not being rude, it's what I started with. Yep. Uh-huh. So that's what I know first. Yeah. And sadly, subconsciously, I compare other stuff to it. Sure. You can't help it. To the point where I want to play Deadlands and I want to have zombies. I know, the, some games I know four fucking heads that are going to be on every zombie that you encounter. <laughs> the one dude is like this. The other guy is missing an eyeball. It's heartbreak. <laughs> same thing with the skeletons. The same fucking eyeball. Okay. <laughs> Actually, Terry, so let's let's move on to you. What yes, have you been up to? Oh, I prepared a statement. Oh, thanks uh, to Matt. Wow. <laughs> Thanks to Matthew, we have not been sponsored by Ragnarok, Heavy Metal Combat in the Viking Age. You will now notice three boxes being placed on the table in front of you which contain models for our future gaming needs, including Viking Herskals, Bondi, and the evil box that Joe's took, and I can't read the title of it. The Saxon Fjord. Which some of them did go trader and hung out with the Vikings because they realized that Vikings were cool and had horns that you could drink from. Yeah, and it's thanks amazing. to Joe, we also have horns to drink the from. The Saxons and the Vikings had, or let's say the Danes, because that's the, the timeline that, um, that we're most familiar with. <laughs> Joe has just claimed his war band and I'm has retired. I'm from the mic. He's <laughs> <laughs> sitting right in front of the mic. Uh, anyone who's watched the amazing TV show... Whose name I'm drawing? Vikings. 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 No, 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 not Vikings. Don't watch Barbarian. The, oh, watch Barbarian. Yeah, Barbarian sure. is awesome. Barbarian is amazing. By it's, the way. it's good if you can get past the subtitles because they actually use real Latin. Yeah, it's awesome. It's annoyingly cool. Yeah, it's very, very oh, good. It's was, so good. What was the parody one? Oh, oh Northman. Nor- 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 Norseman. Norseman. Norseman was so good, but heartbreaking. <laughs> yes, it good. was. I, 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 oh, no, it was a awesome. it was It's a great TV show, but it's so weird because there's like weirdly slapstick elements to it, and like um, 
uh, absurdist comedy elements to it. And then uncomfortable which, at one point. So yeah, so At one point. <laughs> <laughs> one point in the first five minutes of the first episode. She's <laughs> like, oh, really, dude? <sighs> Come on. No, but, but there's a really, really good show based on a bunch of um, Bernard Cornwell. Um, oh, the, the, the last. Um... Viking. No. Her skull. Joe, you've well, it's Uhtred, son of Uhtred. Oh, last so kingdom. Kingdom. Last kingdom. Last kingdom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, last that's kingdom. That's the other side of Vikings. Yes. Last kingdom that's, deals that's with amazing. deals Uhtred. with the, the Danes kingdom. versus the Saxons, and the funny thing is, the Saxons are basically the followers of Odinic culture, who are Germanic, whereas the Danes are followers of of um, Norse. Gods, which they're the same gods. There's a very they're cool. Just slightly different. There's a very cool YouTube video. Sounds like the world today. Mm-hmm. Well, way to bring in reality. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> sorry, doesn't this count. Is fantasy you're, weekend. You're yeah, big, 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 fantasy. <laughs> so there's a very cool YouTube video that has the differences between Vikings, mm-hmm. whether they're from um, Finland, mm-hmm. Norway, yeah. or Norse. So it's just like completely vague. <laughs> And they have pictures of of the Vikings guys. They have Loki, Ragnar, and uh, Ragnar's brother, the French, the guy who went French. Rollo. Rollo, thank you. Mm-hmm. Super cool video because it lays out facts and lays out suspicions and right. lays out, hey, here's some info. Make up your own freaking mind. Because these were actual real people who real history is written about. Yeah. And at the end, I think it was season, the last season of Vikings. No, I'm sorry. It's not the last season of the Vikings. It's the, not prequel, the sequel slash part two of Vikings. Oh, Where um, they had the Greenland crew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they went back to Europe. Yeah. And they had, they went to the one town, the, the headquarters, and you had folks from Asia. Mm-hmm. You had folks from the Middle East in full stereotypical location garb. Right. At the market. Yep. And they're all trading. And yep. it was the coolest thing ever. That was the one thing about Vikings that people don't get. Like, everyone knows Vikings as raiders. But really, they were Let traders. me kidnap yes. you so you can sell your goods at our <laughs> well, corporate office. capturing all those goods. We had to trade them. <laughs> but, but no, Explain they, what these spices are. They expanded knowledge of the known world. To everybody. By an incredible amount, just based on the fact that they had... Um, Reliable ships that could travel the seas. Yeah. The, like the, they had the first real navies. Well, well, also reliable navigation yeah, skills. That too. Mm. They had good ships with good navigation, right. the, the which compass, made a difference. The compass storyline to ec- not echo because that's rude. To complement your your statement, yeah. the this compass storyline in the first Vikings move. Yeah. How he just he learned it, or he he watched it, then he learned it. Then he implemented it. Was just so. It's just like learning a language. Yeah. Mm. You're just like, holy shit! Is wh- holy shit? That's how you do that. That kind of remember Thirteenth Warrior. Oh, I love, I love it. When uh, Antonio I don't Darius, talk like that. <laughs> he learns the languages. He's spending time yeah. with them. At least my mother knew yeah. who my father but was. But the way they did that transition yeah. of him not yep. understanding the language and then hearing bits of the language and then speaking the language yeah. was really neat. That's a good movie. I get a for lot a gamer of shit. perspective. Fantastic movie. That's a great gamer movie. I get so much shit from a certain audience because I love that movie. 
Who, and who gives I don't, you shit about I don't care. I was going to say that movie. No is one at the table. No one at this table. Uh, a dear friend who I love mm. is a is a ball buster, but at the same time, it's just like, what's your favorite what's your favorite uh, nerd movie? That's this. It's like The Knight's Tale and Thirteenth Warrior, because they're stupid, educational, funny, and a little bit factual. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe in that order, you can mix them up, but a little bit factual is always last. Highlander for, for wasn't me, anywhere in there. There's only I only saw the first one. Thankfully, there, there, there's, there's only one. There's only one. <laughs> Much like the same. Yes. Uh, for me, that movie would be Thirteenth uh, Warrior. Oh, sorry, not Thirteenth Warrior. Blast uh, Samurai. I like that one. I like I that one. Love that movie so much. I saw oh, freaking YouTube video. And hackers. I. Saw, Oh God, dude, dude! <laughs> NPC. No, the seven serial killer. Samurai. Seventh Samurai. Sorry, Seven Samurai. That's also. Oh, Seven amazing. Samurai is is no, no, no one's gonna give you shit about liking Seven Samurai. Seven Samurai is a fucking classic movie. Yeah, Akira Kurosawa is a god. You can't throw in like real movies. Yeah, no, we're talking yeah. about like the movies that people will make fun of for liking, like pop. More no, no, so, so the Seven Samurai is the kind of movie that people make fun of you for having not seen. Right. Which, having said that, I have not seen it, so oh, I should probably watch it. Oh my god! It's, 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 it's time this not, weekend. It's, it's not seriously. fast. We've got a cap. We've got a captive audience. You, you have to remember, but, this is a movie that was made like your late seventies, early eighties. I've seen 80s. some clips of it. Right. Yeah. You know, so I, it's I, black I, and uh, white. And it's Seven Samurai is nineteen fifties. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yes. It had to have been old. Really? Inspired yeah. Star Wars. I know. I know. It's black and white. No, it did not inspire Star Wars. True. That was seventies. You're right. There's a book that inspired all of those. I'll tell you what, what's line. the book? It basically just tells you how to build a hero. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah uh, you're yeah. talking about uh, Malcolm Gladwell. I have it. I have it at home. It's sitting on my bookshelf. Hero's journey. Thank you. That one. The there's beers at the table times two. Yeah, there are. The the hackers thing, mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah, loved loved it always. And as a person who's in IT, I I understand how. Dude. Unrealistic their hacking is, but I don't care because it's an amazing movie. The fact that it has the people in it, mm-hmm. all of whom Pendulette to playing a an IT professional, right? Saying that the hopper is coming, or, <laughs> or whatever he says with the freaking bunny rabbits on the screen, <laughs> and and the just there's so many quotable things. Now there's drugs at the table. They may be smarties from Canada, but. To us Yanks, they're drugs because nobody knows what the hell's inside them, and they're frozen because they're better that way. Apparently, can I try one? Yeah, yeah. Don't do it, Joe. You're going to start twitching. So, aside from the game that is our future end game, where we play at conventions, we now pause for Joe's reaction. Of <laughs> I never should have put that in my mouth. He, he finally understands what I what I mean when I say it's, it's not like a smarty. An, it's like an M M&M, and M. It's, it's not terrible. A, it's not an M&M. chocolate. Yeah, you know, you know it's what like it is? a weird. It's it's an M M&M, and M, but instead of a regular candy shell, it has a hard candy shell. You know what it, you know what it is? There's an aftertaste to it. What was the thing that fell in the body in Seinfeld? I don't know. It's a junior mint. It's a junior mint without the outside shell. Yeah. Or the mint. Yeah. Or the mint. I was going to say the mint is a pretty big part of that junior mint. This sounds yeah. poorly. So to answer your question, aside from Ragnarok, the future game that we will all be playing every time that we meet each other at least multiple times a year. Okay. Which would be awesome. Great idea. Thank you. Hacks Unplugged, <laughs> December, or 1st of December. I can't get a Warband ready I, that quickly. Yeah. I'll be lucky if I can, A, go to Adepticon, B, play a game with my homies at Adepticon. Necromunda. 
So that heartbreaking thing I described earlier of I'm going to downgrade and not spend a lot of money, so I'll just get into Necromunda. Right. <laughs> oh, it's well, a lot of money. I, I remember what happened when I was at Adepticon, not last year, but the year before. And I'm like, and Terry goes, oh, if you see any Necromunda sprues, just let me know. Or, or blister packs at Forge, at Forge World. Forge World. Yeah. And I go, uh, Terry... There's here's here's seven pictures <laughs> of the shelves yeah. at Forge <laughs> World, Forge World booth, <laughs> and he's like, "Well, give me one of everything." I'm like, "This is you know you Te- realize technically <laughs> I said one of everything, please." Yes, because <laughs> it's you. Yeah, for sure. And I knew that you were going to make millions off the exchange here. And exchange I'm like, rate. You realize this is going to cost you like three, four hundred dollars. Like, yeah, I don't care. Just it was, it was like six. <laughs> You're trained. Yeah, it was it was a ridiculous amount. And all I got was a fucking bounty hunter and a dude with a dog. Why? What happened to the rest of them? Uh, a couple other people. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> Guess how many are painted and ready to rock and roll? Oh, I'd say zero. <laughs> zero. <laughs> so your pile of shame has grown exponentially, and it's cost you a ridiculous amount of money, and nothing's changed. But I've committed to Necromunda. Right. Eventually, at some point. Which is annoying because it's completely different than the normal old school, not even old school, I would say current genre of where people are with the different races in 40K. Because according to Necromunda, there's an Eldar embassy in one of the spires. There's obviously squats. They're cool. You know, whatever. Just hang out in our imperial world. You're fine. Durgar. We went from no squats... Durgar. Hey, they got a, a special world, right? It's it's not your traditional I would, imperial home world. I would say this. And ready? I'm making it now. Mm-hmm. We we are we are experiencing the initial multiverse of 40k. Okay. I said it. <laughs> Is that like the multiverse of D and D? Sure. Let's go with that. Because it's it's Necromunda six five two. Pick a fucking number sequence. Right. Where everybody's all happy and hang out on Necromunda with embassies. <laughs> well, I was just saying that perhaps it's more like it's a planet that's out on the fringes. It's not. It's it's like th- it's three planets away from Terra. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize it was that close. It's near Riza. It's near Riza and Katachin. Okay. Yeah. It's not close. far. Okay. It's not like and no disrespect to to your statement. I agree with your statement. If that was, if it was like. We're, we're so close to being abducted by the towel and right. finding the greater good that it's all good. Or we're on Pacificus right. because we couldn't think of a good name and that's the <laughs> farthest thing to the left. Let's go with the ocean. <laughs> what segment are you from? Um, Golfus de Mexico. <laughs> so you're from Florida. Antarcticus. It's in the far south of the galaxy. Yeah, you're fine. Just relax. Everything will be good. It's not even... It, we're not even cut off. It wasn't even like the current the current fluff. Yeah, where you're Nihilus. cut off yeah. from the world where right. nobody can get to you, so you have to survive some way. Right. Nope. This is fucking canon. Right. Totally not hearing a fucking rapper. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? It's a Reese's? Is that a Reese's? You're going to share that with everybody? Is there enough for everybody? the microphone. <laughs> totally. <laughs> but, but I love how all of a sudden you're completely dead silent, so everyone's going to hear the crinkle. 
the worst part about it is a large Reese's, and Joe's going to have something super poignant to say. Right. And you go, Remember that one time when we didn't get backpacks and the Devil's game? It was awesome. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Here we go again. Yep. That's yeah, it's, that one it's that's every damn time. First of all, it's got nothing to do with me, okay? If Andy had boobs, things would have worked out differently. No, that's got nothing to do with it either. Way to go, Andy. <laughs> I mean, most of the time it is my fault. Listen, <laughs> the reason they got a ship is because they did a module in which, at the end of the module, they get a ship. You know what you could do you also? You could also, like, follow your heart. And give the players what you think you would enjoy getting, regardless of whether it's in a fucking module or not, because we trust you as the GM. Disagree. It's fine. What, that we should not trust you as the GM? You definitely should not trust me as GM. But now Now it's recorded. So it's twice tonight. I will agree with that. How did you clear your throat so quickly? <laughs> you just ate a full Reese's. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's army eating. Oh, what yeah. kind of talent have you not shared with the rest of the group? Army eating. Man, I can eat that quick. I'll taste it later. <laughs> and I'll enjoy it on, on Tuesday. Well, Dad, that was good. But I got to agree with them, though. They're, they're them, them or Dev? Dev. Oh, is there are. There are. I don't ever want to f- fucking play a module with, aside from Grinnest. With either of you fuckers. There's open campaigns and there's modules. And sometimes, like I've said it with the Tyranny of Dragons, it is a module. We are going to follow a linear Mm storyline. That's why I can do whatever I want with no consequences. If we're playing playing (laughs) an open campaign. Except there were consequences. Yeah, there will be consequences. There are consequences. consequences. (laughs) We've already started suffering them. Yeah. I'd like to yeah. rest. There's no But here's time. the thing, and I've had this discussion with my son a couple times. When you're playing a cooperative game, a campaign-style game, there's a certain contract between the players and the GM. And that contract is, is that the GM works with you, you work with the players. And it's not railroading. But it is, we are going to play this module. All of the balls. Versus playing my Wednesday night game, which is an open campaign, yeah. which does not follow a modular pass. It and follows an open yeah, story. Yeah, so in that, game, in that campaign, I can cast Magic Missile against the darkness. Yeah. Twice. It's fine, but if I do it, it, it it'll do something. Whereas in a module, and it'll I, do nothing. I, was, I had the honor and privilege to play in Joe's game on Wednesday for a little bit until work, which sucks. Bapex. <laughs> Backpacks. Yeah. Tell me in your fucking module where it says you cannot have backpacks. It never said you can't have backpacks. Wolf cloak. However, could not carry a wolf cloak. Too heavy. I will agree with that. Or uh, Terry on that. So over the last little bit, (laughs) I was playing painting tiny titans. We're transitioning (laughs) to that now. Oh, I skipped over me. Oh, okay. We now go. We now go. We now move to Adeptus Titanicus, already in progress. <laughs> By the way, Adeptus Titanicus has been retired. It's getting. There. We now go to our 15 millimeter, which is not a 15 millimeter, but might be 16 no, or no, 18 no. for the it's, infantry, it's... and 37 millimeter for the actual Wolfhound Titans, and 42, 42 or three millimeter. No, no, 42? It's, it's 40k scale divided by four. Oh my god! <laughs> Whatever that means. But yeah, no tiny titans. So I was painting tiny titans. See, you're and nibbling. Didn't have any opponents. I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'm just gonna have some fun painting some titans. And then uh, a guy at my local gaming store said. 
you know what? We got some people who started playing Blood Bowl and they love it. I said, they're finally playing a game I like, huh? So they started a league earlier this year. So I broke out my dwarves that I haven't played in 10 years and... 84 and 0. Kicked all their asses. <laughs> see, see, kicked see, Matt, all their asses. <laughs> see, I was interested in trying out and getting into it that was Titanicus because who doesn't like giant stompy robots, right? And then I looked at the, uh, basically like the get started in the game box no. that you needed to buy and I think it was like 200 or $250 and I'm like, nope. <laughs> and that's the whole thing. Don't and need it that bad. Looking, yeah. at, looking at it as a snapshot, again, going back to we don't work in the studio, if you were to buy everything individually, it's cheaper to buy the box set starter pack. Yep. Mm -hmm. But, do I need how many friends do I need to split this with and are we all all of us going to be happy with one fucking titan exactly and and maybe yeah. a piece of who gets the scenery who gets the rules how many measuring sticks are we going to split up because somebody loves those freaking measuring sticks that nobody uses because it's a freaking tape measure they can go oh, by oh you, you like it I, I opened the box set the other day for the first time I don't know why I think I was just looking for I was looking for decals for my human blood bowl team, forty four dollars off of uh, GW's website. Well, I know, but I found I found them, but they actually came Three with a, a, a clear twelve in, a clear twelve inch, like a heavy, not a heavy plastic, but sort of a light, not a whippy stick plastic, but like acrylic. Yeah, it's like an acrylic ruler. Yeah, they switched. They went. They, well, They're people neat. people kept getting hit with the whippy sticks. <laughs> yeah, <sticks. laughs> so they switched. Thing, they switched to a, an actual yeah. ruler. They, they did include those with the new Horus Heresy box set, though. The whippy sticks. The yeah. whippy sticks. They came out two, two the... Eighteen inches, bitches. Yeah. Oh, pow. Classics. <laughs> It's a classic. Uh, as we're up to the point where there was a tabletop inquirer headline where yeah. I love those Age guys. of Darkness comes with a uh, new miniature game, uh, <laughs> or a, new, a new not a new miniature game, a new uh, mini, uh, you know, new sub game, uh, face whippies, <laughs> face whippies, <laughs> those whippy sticks. Yeah, no, so yeah. Have you guys ever seen the blue whippies? Epic. The, they are centimeters. They're the metric ones. Battlefield yes. Gothic have them as well. Yes. How do you guys not have the blue ones? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, no, you guys should have games are You pompous bastards. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. I have the Gothic ones. Inches uh, makes perfect sense. So I remember I was going somewhere <laughs> <laughs> on this base 12 bullshit. He said with a straight face. <laughs> I remember when I went to play a game and during the winter time, and uh, I was getting my stuff out of the car, and I got into the store, and I realized that one of my blue metric whippies was bent. Oh, that's, that's weird. I just need to straighten it out. And I went to straighten it out and the thing snapped. snapped in yeah. three places, like one part would fly across the room. <laughs> yeah. Like, holy crap. And yeah, it just then points to the dude next to him. And he gets snippy launchers. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. God bless you. Here we go again. This that's the, one. These are the beer allergies. Ah, ah, ah. So yeah, uh, so yeah, they the guys in my store started playing Blood Bowl. They were using an app called Tour Play, which is a fairly popular app for keeping track of leagues. So played a league and won that one. Played dwarves and dude forfeits. Dude forfeits. No, nobody forfeit. Is the one guy alive that has been forfeiting for six months? So there was a guy in the last league who forfeit. He played like four games and then he forfeited. Apparently, he's not doing well health wise. Mm. Like people have seen him and he looks terrible. This time around, nobody knows. Nobody's heard from. It's a different guy. He signed up for the league. hasn't played a single game. We're seven seven weeks in. Oh wow! Oh wow! Seven, you can't you can't leave it on that in. tone. What was the comment on the group when the guy the the generous referee or runner of the game or league yeah. basically said so and so has forfeited again? 
Oh. It might have been a quote from Dodgeball. Oh, yes. Yeah, so somebody else, like, five five weeks in, because this guy had forfeited five times, uh, some random person posted the quote from Dodgeball, because uh, he'd forfeited five times. What's well, a bold strategy? Let's see if it pays off. <laughs> <laughs> That was a quote I use on a weekly basis. Yeah. <laughs> that is a good you know, Do you feel the cotton in there? It's got to feel the cotton in there. Oh, it's got to yeah. be the hair. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> A, cotton. Fucking A. a. <laughs> that is oh, a movie. Yeah. If it comes on, I stop what I'm doing. Oh, yeah. No, tell no, it's totally that. underrated. Talladega Nights yeah. is another one. That was not <laughs> I was actually just having this conversation with uh, my new co-workers at, at, at work. That movie I saw in theaters for the Did very really? first time. Yeah. And not Talladega Nights, but Dodgeball. Dodgeball. And when it got to the wrench throwing scene, (laughs) I, at one point, was on my hands and knees. Because I was in the the front row. I was on my hands and knees, attempting to suck in air. Because I was laughing so hard, I couldn't breathe. I thought I was going to pass out. Like, I'm desperately trying to get air into my lungs so I can continue laughing at the rate in which I was laughing the, when that wrench made contact with that guy's balls. Well, they were improvised <laughs> wrenches, and they said they still hurt. Oh, oh yeah, they, they, they still hurt. It fucking hard everything in the yeah, it was like a hard foam one. They said even when he was getting hit, it was yeah. like, actually, You're like, walking it, away with his welts. pain was real pain. Poor Justin Long, man. That yeah. guy took him like a champ. Yeah, that was oh, definitely fuck that, that whole the whole scene. Me. The scene as a whole is magical. Like yeah. the music that they had playing in the background <laughs> with the bum 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 bum. I'm a huge fan of Rip Torn to begin. Yeah, Rip yes. Torn is pretty funny. He is great now. Although Sad you know, you know, uh, you know, other good. Everyone's dead. Now. Another song that would have been good at that scene. You're the best. <laughs> <laughs> you can dodge a wrench. You can dodge a ball. <laughs> Have you ever seen what $10,000 looks like in a briefcase? <laughs> Tiny little bit. It's the like whole briefcase three, is empty. Three stacks. <laughs> every time, every time on the DVD, now dating ourselves or myself, on the DVD, every time he snaps his fingers, if you hit menu or enter, it goes to a special sub menu. Oh, really? That's it. So my favorite one is when he's at the porch of his love interest who loves unicorns. What? I love unicorns. And he goes, fine, touche. And Michelle pulls up on the Vespa. It cuts to him as like the third Easter egg cutscene of enlarged him on the couch, just eating donuts and pizza and be like, what? Welcome to Nerdville. Population you. <laughs> it's just like even even the quotes that people don't get from the movie right. are yeah. amazing. That's crazy. So yeah, under underappreciated movie. That quote fit perfectly with this guy. Kept uh, kept it was Perfect. continually forfeited. I hope, uh, I hope yeah. he's okay. All, all, uh, all thoughts and prayers. Yes, I hope so too, because nobody's heard anything from him. But yeah, so put the dwarves away, and now I'm playing halflings. So take a team that people never want to play against because they're very bashy, and now I'm playing a team that's hysterical. I, I am first in the league in casualties caused, and first in the league in injuries received. Huh. <laughs> As you should. Halflings cause casualties. They don't. <laughs> Treeman. My, no, my treatment on my team do, <laughs> and the star players on my team that uh, play for my team each game. What's your star? Tr- what's your star treatment? I mean, star player. 
I've been taking deep root. Last game I took. Uh, <laughs> last game I took uh, deep root strong branch. Who's the? I'll show you the Forge World Tree Man model tomorrow. He's he's massive. the size of your water bottle. He's big. He's not quite that big. Well, uh, the blue part. <laughs> and uh, uh, I've been playing with Cindy Pie Whistle. She throws exploding pies. Because, you know, halflings. Because halflings. And uh, Rumble of Sheepskin. So he's a man. Rumble of Sheepskin. Yeah. He, he, rides, he, ride, he rides around on a ram. Right. So he'll go around and he's got horns, which gives him a bonus when he blitzes players. Right. It's uh, he gives a, he, his block, his tackle, which ignores. So he's a really good He's blitzer. a dwarf. Except for he has the no hands rules, so he can never pick up the ball. Gotcha. He's a dwarf that can't pick up a ball. Oh, it's a halfling riding a it's a halfling riding a ram. Block, tackle, and oh. horns. Oh. So he's a dwarf. He's a chaos, he's a chaos dwarf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Blood Bowl's been my thing. Until we except for our Thursday night game. Mm-hmm. And Ragnarok. And and Ragnarok. Which Joe has claimed all of his warband already, oh, which really? is amazing. I'll paint them. Nice. I'm ready by the next game. Yeah. Adepticon. I can do that. Yeah, it's, there's time. I say that. <laughs> and a week before. You definitely could do that. Yeah. There's plenty of time. Andy, Andy threw paint on like three figures and they look magnificent. I didn't even like click them oh, hard. Oh, they just haven't seen them up close and personal. See, that's the thing. There's the whole good from far, but far from good. Mm-hmm. But that's you saying that. That's not us. To us, it's the fucking Mona Lisa. <laughs> Especially painted. with my level of painting, which is terrible. Speed paints, they change your life. They're really useful. I, I've heard amazing things about the contrast paints, for sure. You have to find... The, there's, and I only say this because you play Black Templars. Mm-hmm. The GW one mm-hmm. is not... like There's con, not controversy, but there's a concern with the black contrast that I you can't them. go with. Which one's the better one? I use their Black Templar contrast. And I actually use it for my Raven Guard. And so I prime it gray. I prime it Mechanicus gray. Sorry, pause. You have Raven Guard too? Yeah, I just picked <laughs> up a Raven Guard army over the last year. For Heresy so. or 40K? 40K. Yes. Okay. Do you need um, bikes? No. I, I've got... <laughs> what the fuck? Ten bikes and two attack bikes just sitting. So that's the funny thing is, is so my Ultramarine's army... <laughs> I'm good. Is the guy who plays Dark Angels is totally fine. Let's go with the guy Do who's got Dark fucking... Angels use bikes? Pick oh, the yeah. fucking... Pick Ultramarines. Orcs. No, Orcs is your first one because I've seen no, the I fucking have, no. horde that you have. My Ultramarines were my first one. Yeah. My Orcs was my second. Let me rephrase. Numerically. Oh, I can field 120 boys. I know. Shoot a, at, 60, wait, shoot aren't, aren't you up to like a full company of Space Marines? Oh, I also have third company Ultramarines, yeah. too. Like a full company. Yeah, full company. Yeah, yeah. so give That's them like bikes. So, so do you have nine miles. rhinos? Yeah. Yeah, see, I had I had a whole yeah. company of Imperial Fists. So I have so. I have the six rhinos for the... Um, Pain them easy now. For the attack squads. Mm. And I have two rhinos for the Devastator squads. Right. Yeah. And then I have uh, Razorback for the, the command, command squad. squad. Joe yeah. works for the studio. He's just fucking <laughs> shooting down all our fucking points earlier. Yeah. yeah, I'll buy a Razorback that I'll never use, and I'll throw it next to these guys who I also never use. I'm, I'm with Joe. <laughs> I, I never played with them. 
but I had a whole company. I had a whole I company. Had a whole company. So I had the whole company of the Ultramarines, third company with Captain. Oh, Kennedy. and how many dread? Sorry, and how many dreadnoughts? Two. They were only yeah, assigned to the third company. Well, They're I have more than two. Three. I just have two assigned to the company. Oh, okay. Pay attention, Matt. Um, <laughs> yeah. Then I have the Orcord. We haven't even spoken about Ultramarines proper. And then I have the propainted uh, Forge World um, Sons of Horus. And then I kicked into the whole Primaris stuff. Oh, four. And, and I didn't want to do my Ultramarines in Primaris. So oh, I was like, so then I was like, I'll do Raven Guard all Primaris. Right. Which now they have the new Assault Marines with the oh, pads. Yeah, that's, that's for Raven So Guard. that will now come. I've been waiting for them for my Raven Guard army. Hmm. I haven't played with any of them in, I don't know, forever. Mm-hmm. A week. No, probably since uh, Wild West Exodus. Yeah, well, it has been. It's been. It's been. I found my badge. Oh, good. I'm unpacking still. <laughs> I found my badge. Uh, yeah, I have all my badges. At it's my it's literally. It's the equivalent of a three by five index card that was cut. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then yeah. laminated. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> they read, literally ran it through a laminator. Yep. Yeah. I, remember, I remember. I remember originally we were supposed to get like a resin like tooth. Thing for that. Never that was Adepticon. Was yeah, that's that's Adepticon. made by uh, Art Tim. Iron Hearts, isn't it? No, wasn't Tim doing them? No, it so, wasn't Alex. Somebody, wasn't Alex. one of the Freebooters, was doing Lathan. The Orc no, Tooth. Lathan. Yeah. Lathan does because uh, I have two CNC of them. Yeah, I have now, uh, two of the Orc Tooth. You have Andy's tooth? No, no, the Orc Tooth. Do you have Andy's Orc Tooth? We we did we no, did not we, we did dog tags out of all the sexes though. Yeah. Did we? Yeah. We did? Oh, yeah. Shit. They were my, just a little My old. happiness of the finding the badge just went in the shitter. Thanks. <laughs> now I gotta I'll, find the fucking dog tag. I'll find mine. I, I still have mine tied off to the handle of my uh, pack airbags. I'm, like, oh, yeah. I'm probably like one of the three that people got, that, that you totally got not for free and minor discount. <laughs> but you know, the Wild West Exodus was, I mean, that's what started yeah. it all. I mean, that was the well, first. I have nothing bad to say That was about the that. first Geek Nations. Mm-hmm. That was hanging well, out. Hold on. That was our first. Our first Geek yes, Nation. Yes, yes. Let's, let's rephrase that. All right, company man, settle the fuck down. Yeah. You're not on camera. Listen, I'm now independently owned and operated. <laughs> We're Jesus no longer Christ. officially affiliated with with Geek Nation tours. Yes. Okay. Which is why I now have to pay Valor away. <laughs> but we did get to drive around <laughs> in the desert. Let me put a Valor. <laughs> Got to shoot guns, and we got to shoot guns. Oh fuck! Meeting Romeo was fantastic, and we got to go to a tilt a kilt. Yeah, more than Andy did because Andy didn't have to go all the time. With us. It wasn't have to. Yeah, there was a different. There was a different <laughs> word. <laughs> with have to, and he's a smart man yes, for knocking. You were very smart. That was my introdu- tilt, first introduction tilt to the tilt. Fantastic. Good food. Wonderful views. That's that's my favorite Andy introduction story of. Oh no. No, my f- favorite complimentary and best was you just randomly at the ice machine. I'm like, you want to come over to the bar? We got everybody at the bar, and the bar closed. I don't know, like an hour mm-hmm. before I ran into you. Yeah, yeah, we were just hanging out, squatting. And it was, it was just. Uh, this was not Wild West, but it was. It's just. It, or was it Wild West? It was. Had to be Wild West. Had to be. All right. So we're at the bar, and Andy just Romeo's just like, "Hey, what do what do you do?" And Andy's well, just like, we, well, we're doing the thing where you go around and tell a little bit. Oh, of oh this, 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 this is the round was, table. This is the yeah. round table in the uh, in the, in the lobby. lounge. In the lounge. Yeah. When yeah. the bar closed. Yes. Yeah. Right. 
And Andy's just like, well. And it was literally like going through the TV channels. Okay, that dude's cool. Dude's cool. Dude's cool. Submarines. Let <laughs> me put the remote down and pay attention to this bastard. And you just started talking about submarines for a good, I don't know, 40 minutes. And Gwen, he comes down. And she's like... I thought you were getting nice. <laughs> and I, I just sort of leave my wife high and dry. She was waiting for some ice to for a while. I forgot. I remember that you that. brought her with you. And, yes. And to her credit, Hence the not going to the till to kill as frequently as we did. Yes. And she emotional was, support Canadian. So she actually went to like like everything that we forgot and missed. She was our rock star that yeah. went to like a CVS to get yeah. deodorant, uh, a, a well, shaving so blades. The situation was um, she has family in the area, right? And so we had rolled it into a longer trip where we were staying with her family, and then we split off to do the weekend for the gaming convention. Right. Um, and so, you know, she she had made previous. Then she trips to the she area. realized that you were hanging out with such cool people. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and you could be left on his own. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Bears, we are trustworthy bears. and not going to and, and spoil just, them. And things that also, don't get said in England. We also yeah. we are, we're also there. We're not talking about England. Both of us were there together at that Adepticon as well, right. with our dog actually. So <laughs> that's when you introduced me to that Space Hulk card game. Yeah. When the, we stayed Death up to Angel. the Angel. we stayed up to the very very late hours of uh, the morning one day. And I, I drank way too much rum on a far too empty stomach right. and had a terrible hangover right. the next morning. You know what's funny? I can drink. <laughs> so much at Adepticon and I never get a hangover. It's the only place in the, on the planet that I don't get a hangover. You want to take this one or, you know... Mm. I've roommated with them before. There's nothing like a braggart in yeah. New York. I don't know what that means. You know, I never get drunk, so... No, 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 no. no I no, pull all no, the fly honeys all the time. I get drunk all the... Not all the time, but I do get <laughs> drunk and when I do in the morning, I, if I have a single Guinness and I go to bed, I'm fucked. Fucked the next day. It completely ruins me. So that's your subconscious you telling you not to have just one? Yeah, I think maybe. But, I, I, but I have 14 over the course of a day. Next morning, get up. Because you're be pacing fine. yourself. It's good for you. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, you know, you, can, you can get all your vitamins and minerals from doing nothing but drinking Guinness. Sure. It's 54 yeah. pints a day. That's a little too much. <laughs> yeah. Challenge accepted. No, no, no. First of all, it would be very expensive. <laughs> First of all. Not if you bring your own. Even if you bring your own. It's 54. Oh, that's got a keg. <laughs> Can you imagine? Dep is literally licking his lips. Rolling up to Adepticon, saying, no, no, I'm okay. Walking past the bar with your own fucking keg. Of so, whoa, 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 whoa. One of the guys at the Warhammer Fantasy Tournament one year, he was bringing a keg around under his cart. display board on his cart. Awesome. What he was playing things? a dwarf army. Battle, battle phone. You don't remember the battle phone keg? Oh no. no. They took a five whatever the five eighty or whatever oh, the, the, the pony bag, the right. pony oh, keg okay. was. Dude rolled in sideways, he zipped it, he sewed it on the sides where you, the normal zippers were, mm -hmm. created the zippers on the top, had a seamstress or a seamster, whatever the correct terminology would be, a tailor, take the zippers on the top, right. put the pony keg in, or the soda keg. Not a, sure. not a party ball. <sighs> Thanks, uh, Bruce Light. <laughs> Filled it with ice. Okay. And had... Oh, awesome. In, a, in his... 
So yes, and we know. I will bring that to a bar. Okay, let's and, do it in a hotel in Chicago. And thanks to Paul Ting, we know that those battle foam containers will hold water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. They act as coolers. <laughs> there they will act as a cooler. So I've used my soft cider one that we got for, uh, in the swag bag one year in Depticon. The I don't remember what it was called, but there was a whole line they were. That was the sh- was the shield. Yeah, that was the shield. Those were the ones that would make you, the coolers. You fucking yeah. threw in a garbage they bag were, into that. They were the ch- not cheaper, but they were the low lower quality. Basically, they, they, they don't have hard sides. Was they, it gray? Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah. And it was designed yeah. to accept the GW foam. The yeah. shield yeah. bags are sized for the GW foam. And then the GW guys were just like, our get our 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 uh, cases suck, so we're changing the sides. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. That that shield bag actually is engraved with the Adepticon uh, ten logo because that was the tenth year for Adepticon mm-hmm. twenty twelve. All we need to do is hook up a nitrous uh, thing for the Guinness to make it true Guinness. Okay, and we're good. <laughs> Not that I've already researched this for a home bar. I mean, I'd be happy just taking that entire XL column and, and just and just filling it with cans of Guinness. That's fine Maybe too. In the mini fridge. Yeah, <laughs> and then put the ice on top of that. Sure. Yeah, happy to do that. It can. That, that's the thing. You're worried about what? The, my favorite part about the statement, and I know the people from Schaumburg are listening, so it's not like we're giving <laughs> away company secrets. The service that we received at the bar on multiple occasions was not like we were pampered. We received attention, mm-hmm. but it was sometimes requested mm-hmm. to get multiple beers, food, etc. Because they have one freaking waitress yeah. working the fucking bar. Yeah. I will say like this year, this this is my first year back. They their bar staff was much more robust. They had more people had, behind the bar. We had three three people behind the bar, two bartenders, one bar back who was not allowed to serve, one waitress handling the entire bar section and on the floor that. and food. Hmm. And that was it. But they don't do food over in the bar area anymore. So that, no, the, they, they do. The, 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 oh, you're talking the circle bar? Yeah. So the problem is the circle bar is shut down during the day. Yeah. So it's only open after like 7 p.m. So you're not getting food during the day there. So they don't have to worry about that. You have to go into the restaurant to get food now. So there's also the little kiosks set up. Like There are, but those yeah. things are... Are those they like do, the, the stadium stuff where they have the, the hot plates? Yeah, yeah. kind of. Like, like basically they have... Uh, a mobile cart with heating pads and like the hot lights. The hot lights. Yeah. yeah. No, and then you. and then there's stuff that's been in there for like maybe three hours. I sure would love those French fries. All right, so you know, totally yeah. crispy. Yeah. So you can complain all you, you like want. Ones today at lunch. Those were fucking beautiful, man. <laughs> no, they were they really double, good. They double dipped them. Okay. Oh, they were delicious. Nice and crunchy. Yeah. A can of Coke, twelve ounce can of Coke. Yeah. Like at Nova. At Nova. Sorry, it ounces how much in like normal? Yeah, yeah, we'll, oh, yeah. Three, three, three fifty. Three centimeters. Yeah, it's, yeah. Those are the three fifty fives. Yeah. They were five dollars a piece yeah. at Nova. Go fuck yourself. So I, I, I stopped off at one of those on routes. You'll, you'll yep. know what that is. It's, it's a service center. It's a service center on the highway. I picked up a chocolate bar and one of those little five-hour energy drinks. Eleven dollars. Are those your energy drinks? Yeah. In the, dear God, man! There's, there's, there's just one. There's six. Oh, no, those aren't mine. I have just. A I single. brought the Red Bulls. That's what you're talking about. Are you okay? <laughs> there's like a green, a blue, or yeah, pick. they're, they're selling like two for. Taste box. the rainbow, Andy. Grabbed <laughs> like four. Of them. <laughs> they're for everybody. For today. That's what the donuts are for. Either straight or as mixers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't mind a Red Bull in a mixer. Mm-hmm. 
But I didn't bring alcohol to mix, to mix properly. I found a vodka. Joe did. If you have vodka, it's perfect. Yeah, mix. I got vodka. It's for the uh, Manmosos on uh, Sunday. 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 But I don't need I don't need all of it. Just a <laughs> little bit. Unless he's making it for you, in which case, you know, it's a double pour. Yeah. Because yeah. there's love. <laughs> Shall we wrap it up here? I think and then so. we're, yeah. we're definitely going to come back and record a, at least a part two and possibly a part three. Yeah, I was going to say this is We're already round. like a good hour and a half into yeah, it. Yeah. Although a lot of that will be edited out. The backpacks right. will be. Nothing, nothing yeah. will be edited out. The best part about the <laughs> yeah. backpacks is going to be so. Joe, <laughs> did you know that I love Devram for the fact that he gave us backpacks <laughs> in every one of our campaigns that we played with him? Sure thing, Andy. Good thing Matt doesn't have boobs or we'd have a freaking falcon. You guys are the worst, by the way. <laughs> Don't move it closer. All right, we'll see you soon. Alright, welcome back to part two of the Cottage Con recording. Um, you'll notice that our format has slightly changed because we didn't get the chance to record it at the cottage. We're now um, a few days after the whole thing shut down and everyone returned home. And, uh, and well, we're doing it over... What's that? We had the chance. We had the chance to record. We just decided to watch uh, uh, gals beat each other up instead. So. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll get to that on on the Sunday portion of the of, of part two. All right, so let's start with like a breakdown of so when we last left off, we had gotten together Friday afternoon. We had had our first meal together, and I think that's when we recorded the uh, the episode we did. And we were talking about the things we wanted to accomplish over the weekend. Now let's talk about what we actually did. Um, Saturday started off with a wonderful breakfast by our uh, our good friend Terry. Terry, mm-hmm. talk about the breakfast you put together because it was incredible. All right, let's see. So there was the random egg sausage casserole with assorted uh, accompanying veggies. Then there were two two tins of funeral potatoes, which I. Definitely overestimated with the lack of Irish attendance because we only <laughs> went through about three quarters of one. Uh, Matt's Matt's uh, new favorite French toast casserole mm. and uh, bacon chips cooked in a pot. Yeah, I, I think you need to explain how the bacon chips work because I've never seen anything like that before and uh, Jen wants to try it now. It, and it's r- ridiculously simple, easy, and low cleanup. So we in, we inherited uh, random stovetop pots mm-hmm. and just grabbed the one that was uh, medium size that would hold two pounds of thick cut bacon, cut it up into thirds, and then you drop it each individually into the pot so it's separated essentially. And medium to medium high, put a lid on it and stir it every two to three minutes or three to five minutes once it starts to get going and eventually it gets crispy now did and you put any oil or anything in the bottom or was it just using its own oil yeah just the own grease hmm. and then i put the grease in a coffee pot uh, a little coffee mug for joe 
super simple, ridiculously. And the only thing, the only critique I had was Joe and I were talking about it on, on Sunday was not good for snacking and the, the picnic bacon, as Joe puts it, but not good for sandwiches. True. Yeah, so basically that bacon, there was so much of it that it sat in a bowl all day long on Saturday. And as people walked through the kitchen, you just grab a snack, a piece, snack on it, and carry on what you were doing. It was fantastic. That's what we call table bacon. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because it just sits out on the table for you to eat throughout the day. All right, so once we finished having our, our delicious breakfast, we then at, moved at on. 11, 11.45. That's right. We, we ended up skipping the lunch that I was supposed to do because uh, no one was hungry. And we moved on to the first actual event of the entire Cottage Con. Uh, for that, Andy, let's, let's turn it over to you. Yeah, okay. So as we kind of established in the first portion of the show, right, I am a huge fan of Battlefleet Gothic. And so when we first started talking about this cottage con, it just sort of popped in there in my head that I wanted to run a Battlefield Gothic game for you guys. And so I very slyly kind of on the side asked everybody what their 40k faction was and just told them it was for a secret. And so they, the guys didn't know we were playing Battlefield Gothic until basically the week before as I started dropping my own little rumor engine style spoilers. And I think... At least Terry figured it out. I think Matt did too. I'm not sure if you did, Dev. No, not at all. Uh, or Joe. But no. um, even now, looking back at those pictures, I cannot figure out what part of what ship anything that was. <laughs> turn, turn your monitor upside down. <laughs> well, to be fair, what I did is I zoomed in really close on one of the models and then I cropped it and then I put it in black and white. So mm -hmm. it, it is not an easy task to dis discern, I guess. But anyway, so what I did is I, one of the things that had inspired me to run this game is that I had recently, oh, I don't know, maybe four months ago now, started following the Patreon for an outfit called Soulforge Studios. And they do all kinds of, you know, counts as Battlefleet Gothic ships. You know, they're not an exact one-to-one -one recreation of the original GW models, but they're very much in the same style. And they're very well done. They're very nicely detailed models. A lot of them are pre-supported. They're constantly going back and revisiting some of their earlier sculpts and sprucing them up or adding supports. So very well supported Patreon and a great community. And so basically what I did is I went to their catalog and I found tips that would match the favorite factions that you guys gave me. Now, as it turns out... Um, Joe, Dev, Terry, you guys all gave me a Space Marine chapter, basically, as mm -hmm. your favorite faction. And then, Matt, you gave me the Tau. And so that naturally led me down the road of figuring out some kind of, you know, Imperial versus Xeno-style scenario, which is how it, how it turned out. So, you know, fast forward a month and a half later, we're here at the Cottage Con. I had brought my full, like, 4x6 semi-portable gaming table set up to have enough room to play. I had printed um, and painted something on the order of about three dozen different models for this game between yeah. all the different ships, and uh, we had it all set up and we were ready to go. And uh, that that became the the scenario. So the Space Marines showed up at a Tau-controlled star system. There was a planet with a Tau orbital city around it, 
And nearby was a rogue trader and a Tau merchant ship doing some kind of goods exchange. And we just sort of played it out from there. <laughs> and of course, the chapters... The, the, the chapters that we chose to to play some of them are really not fans of the xenos mine especially so the second we saw that there were xenos on the board it became a forget what the actual mission is we're just going to destroy everything on this in this sector yeah you don't like xenos the dark angels don't really like anybody right <laughs> and the funny thing was is for the space marines the ultramarines it was save our logistics save our resources mm -hmm. So we are going to engage, but without destroying our fleet. Yeah, I think Andy was messing with us with the, oh, I didn't know you guys wouldn't team up. Shoulder shrug. Oh, okay, so a couple of things here. What they're referencing is I gave each of the players a public objective, and everybody had one or two secret objectives, right? And I tried to theme the secret objectives to the fluff of that given... Uh, faction to the best of my knowledge okay and i'll admit i am not the you know the most in-depth lore guy on 40k i mean i've got a pretty decent working understanding but i think i underestimated the level to which the uh the guys were going to role play their factions characteristics <laughs> <laughs> to that point i think you did amazing yeah. with each individual secret tactic i did not expect I, I knew I knew the Black Templars would just be on a freaking crusade, but I did not expect the Ultramar Ultramarines to be. Oh, we're also badass, but at the same time, let's see uh, let's see how these frontline crews do while I sit back here. With the, uh, oh, I'm just going to sip my coffee. What do you got? Bacon on the table. I and Joe was the only Joe was the first one to engage in combat. And I took out the beacon so they couldn't jump out of the uh, of that sector. Yeah, so that that was one of the things that I had set up for the Ultramarines is um, I had put up a little satellite model representing a Tau jump beacon. And uh, I gave the Ultramarines the option of trying to disable that jump beacon to prevent the, uh, the Tau merchant from escaping easily with whatever contraband he got from the rogue trader. And uh, to be honest with you guys, and this is, again, full disclosure here, I only I had the opportunity to playtest this scenario once, and I made major changes to it, and I didn't get a chance to playtest it again. So you guys were sort of looking at, instead of like a polished product, it was more of a sort of an early beta, I guess. And uh, as it turns out, I made that Tau waypoint, that jump point, too easy to get to because Joe was on top of it, like, turn two and took it out for the poor merchant ship had a chance to escape, so I intended it to be a little closer than that, but uh, what are you going to do? And it was perfect, <laughs> because that took farthest away from the combat at the time. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, so one of the things I did with this is I wanted to do some things to uh, maybe modernize isn't the right word, but make the game feel a little more like contemporary 40k in some ways and i also wanted to introduce a little bit more of a narrative aspect to it so uh, one of the things i did is i actually added stratagems to the game which are you know familiar to players of eighth edition onward 40k i believe is when they introduced those into 40k and then i also uh, implemented what i called a narrative phase which sort of took place in between turns 
So you didn't actually move ships around the table during these narrative phases, but they were useful to allow the players to allow you guys to kind of plan, uh, sort of do some scanning with your sensors to figure out what kind of ships were around the table. And it also gave me an opportunity to sort of ratchet up the uh, threat level by introducing various non-player characters onto the table, right? So, <laughs> And those came in the form of a just a giant amount of orc ships that showed out of nowhere at, at yeah, turns three yuck. or four. Sorry, Dev. I was saying they were on that way to the opera. That's how they were introduced. <laughs> True. There was a, a great um, uh, noise coming over our scanners and our um, audio, uh, our, our voxes, and uh, and all of a sudden we heard the orky chants. Big sharp teeth. Yeah. So that audio came from the Battlefleet Gothic video game, which uh, is which fantastic. Is Yes, and absolutely nails like the atmosphere and the aesthetic of 40k and Battlefleet Gothic, and so I just couldn't resist slipping that into the game in some regards. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny. That's really my only introduction to the even the concept of Battlefleet Gothic was playing that real time strategy game, which yeah. is similar, I guess, in in how some of the um, the mechanics of the of the game work but but really because it's an rts it, it doesn't really capture the the, the turn-based feel of the game yeah yeah well even beyond rts it's actually almost uh, more like a, a moba kind of thing mm -hmm. right where you have a handful of ships right and it's very micromanagement intensive yeah. i find that game to be so it's like every every single one of your ships has like a dozen different little options and special attacks and area of effects and everything else that they can do. So it can be a little overwhelming, especially when you have more than, you know, two or three ships on a side, I find. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Still a neat game, though. Still a neat game I like a lot. All right. So that's kind of what we did with Battlefleet Gothic. Um, Wait, I, have, I have a quick question, and it's a loaded question for Matt. To give one of the greatest puns I've ever heard, what what was the road trader carrying, and we were chasing after? Oh yes, the uh, so the rogue trader was exchanging goods with the town merchant ship, and it was some sort of wine, right? That ended up going from the rogue trader to the merchant ship. Yeah, that's right. Good old and, Imperial Amasek. So. <laughs> and oh yes, Imperial Amasek. And then, of course, the uh, the rogue trader got cheese, the the greater Gouda. <laughs> so what what it was is years and years ago, Gale Force Nine put out like a, a joke set of acrylic markers where it was wine and cheese tokens. So if somebody was complaining about something, you put like a little bottle of wine next to one of their models or something, or. If they brought something that was a little too cheesy in their list, you could put little pieces of cheese next to it, this kind of thing. And uh, so I just, I just decided to use those to sort of represent the the, the cargo that was exchanged between the Tau and the Rogue Trader. <laughs> I don't know if we were supposed to actually try to recapture some of that, or but I mean, I, I know my guys certainly wouldn't care at all about uh, what, what, what the goods were. We would just want to destroy the ships and get out of there. Yeah, so that's interesting you mention it. That was something I sort of played around with in some of the early ideas I had for the scenario. Ultimately, I decided that there was enough going on that I didn't want to bog it down more by doing that kind of um, interaction. Right. 
But I, I still sort of fell in love with the idea of these little markers following the ships around to represent the, the goods they were carrying. <laughs> now, Matt, I, I do want to say, as it turned out, and again, you know, this is on me for not having play-tested it sufficiently, but the Tau did sort of have a little bit of a rough go of it. Uh, so I'm, I'm curious uh, uh, to get some of your perspectives on this since you were, you were definitely, um, you know, uh, getting all of your stuff blown up, basically. <laughs> well, and, and that's it. It's by by turn. Was it turn two? Was it that early? By turn two, I hadn't even made it a third of the way ac across the board. And the Tau space station. Well, let, let, maybe I'll maybe I'll back up. No, maybe I'll back up. My two objectives were protect the Tau space station and help the merchant ship escape and by turn two i made like i said a third a third of the way across the board and the uh, tau space station had already been destroyed and the tau jump point for the merchant ship had already been destroyed so that tau merchant ship spent the next what four turns completing a turn <laughs> to try to come back out in the deployment zone yeah that that thing maneuvers like a pig it's not it's not very spry so so definitely, I should have arranged the board so that you deployed closer to the space station to begin with. Um, that's point one. Point two, there's probably some geometry that needed to be adjusted to give that uh, merchant ship a little bit of a better chance of actually making it off the table. Or, I, or maybe I should have tweaked the the stats, like made it you know five to ten centimeters faster than it actually was, or something like that. You know. So. I think I think you did fantastic with the balance. I think no one no one saw. A Black Templar cruiser doing an ollie off of a planet to go through a space station. Yeah, Dev did ram the space station. That was pretty entertaining. That was like the highlight of the game, I think. After the Tau unleashed the full salvo of like 11 torpedo stands, all of which were in the vicinity of the space station when it blew up. Because that's what everybody, and rightfully so, because it's a human, Dev lost his, his escorts. But yes. there were Matt lost all of his torpedoes, <laughs> all of them. Yeah. So what what happened was, um, I, I saw this giant sea of torpedoes moving towards my ship, and so I could have veered off and tried to kind of get out of their arc of of, um, of like where they could have potentially maneuvered to on their turn, but. The other option was to just put the engines into full blast and go ram that station. So that's that's goddamn what I did. I fucking rammed the shit out of that station. Unfortunately, yeah. I didn't quite do as well as I needed to to actually destroy the station, leaving it vulnerable for my Dark Angel brethren to come in and destroy it after I'd passed through and uh, on the other side of it. And the resulting explosion from the the en engines or the um, the power plant for that thing going off uh, took out everything in like a ten block radius, which happened to also, <laughs> which happened Giant to engulf, yeah, which happened to engulf my entire escort fleet, which was behind my strike cruiser, and all of Matt's torpedoes, and all of Matt's torpedoes. <laughs> I opened up a channel, an audio channel, gave you a head nod, and then closed the channel. <laughs> <laughs> well done yeah it was a ridiculously fun game though like i had such a blast playing that well i'm glad you guys did i i had a lot of fun putting it together um i i sort of 
I sort of get a lot of fun now doing scenario design mm -hmm. like that. It's just sort of fun to sort of figure out ways to sort of put the outline of a story together. And then I get a big kick out of watching players kind of put the uh, the meat on the bones when it comes to filling out the story when you guys play the game, right? right. Yeah, that was that was a blast. You did a, an amazing job. Thank you. So from someone that's never done Battlefleet Gothic, either in video game format or the original format, I had an absolute blast. And I've, you know, I've played Armada and X-Wing and, and, and those those newer versions of uh, kind of the space battles. But I have to say that the rule set for uh, Battlefleet Gothic was really, really interesting with the tables and the charts and your course headings. And uh, I, I just found that... Um, add a whole nother layer to the game oh yeah yeah i mean it, it's 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 old school in a lot of ways right you know it's um you know there's there's a, a not a lot but a bit of pen and paper bookkeeping on it and as you said there's some charts and tables involved but there's a reason why the game has remained so popular you know 20 plus years actually 25 years now goodness since it came out and it's just at, at its core, it's a, it's a fun game to play. <laughs> yeah, and you even, you streamlined it even more with the with the bases that the ships were mounted on, because we didn't even have to get out those those uh, the L shaped turning templates. Yes, well, so those bases also came from Soulforge Studios. They're not the only people that have uh, put together three D printed bases for Battlefleet Gothic to have little arcs and stuff like that marked out on them. That's just the ones that I had easy to hand when I started printing all your guys' ships up. Uh, and they, they definitely worked uh, and do the job pretty well. So I will say one thing about the rules that I was kind of um, not unhappy about, but but that I, that I didn't love was... So I, I see a number for the strength of my weapons, but that doesn't necessarily negate or equate how many dice I'm rolling to try to damage something because of the right. way these charts work and because of the way you're facing versus they're facing versus um, how far away you are. So all these things kind of factor into what the, the total number of dice that you're act actually rolling. So it's it's harder to kind of judge how effective you think attack is going to be because of the fact that there's all of these this shifting going on and the fact that you have yeah. to reference a table to determine how many dice you actually roll based on the strength of your weapon versus their hull or whatever. Yeah, no, I definitely hear you, Def. And again, that, that goes back a little bit to sort of the older school mm -hmm. mentality in the game. And I, I will say, though, that that sort of estimation... Either you know, you know, sort of visual estimation of it does get a little bit easier with repetition. Sure. So the more you play the game, the easier it is to sort of figure all that out. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's it is sometimes disappointing. To say, aha, I've got strength twelve weapons batteries, and it gives me two dice. Well, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you were rolling twenty-seven dice at a time, with freaking orcs at the end. Yeah. Well, so so it was it was great right so very last uh turn we played we went for um uh six turns if i recall correctly and uh on the at the start of the very last turn the uh the big boss in his orc battleship shows up right and uh it just so happens that the location that i decided to bring him on the table at uh he had dev strike cruiser like square in his sights yep. right so and he just uh, unloaded with everything he had yeah, so he he goes up, shoots him, does a little bit of damage, and then proceeds to dump out eight fighter bombers. They <laughs> <laughs> then swoop in and just absolutely obliterate yep. Death Strike Cruiser. <laughs> that Strike Cruiser went up in a ball of fury. 
that, that was sort of how the game closed out. <laughs> but again, very similar. killed to a man. <laughs> hey, I did get a medal, though, for taking the most amount of damage. <laughs> you did, you did. Yeah, so that, that was the other thing I did is um, as sort of like a little commemorative thing. I, I figured out how to make sort of like these little imitation military medals. Like I 3D printed the medallion and got some... Well, I mean, you know, they're 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 not like officially sanctioned by anybody or anything, but yeah, no, I, I had like an orange and black ribbon on it, and it's got like a little pin, so you like pin it to your game bag or your sweater or something like that, you know, just a fun little souvenir type thing, really. You know what we were talking about afterwards? Um, you know how uh, in for actual military medals, they they give you both the medal and a little pin that goes onto your tunic for when you're doing ceremonies. We were we yeah, were thinking yeah. maybe we should have had like uh, campaign medals or ribbons <laughs> as well. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it was yeah. a, it was a ridiculous amount of fun, and it was a really good way to open the gaming weekend that we, that we were putting together. And it also was a good way to work in a little bit of forty k fun into True. the, the week. Yeah, because because I guess that's kind of what brought most of us together. Um, the the way most of us met on the very first trip we ever took with Geek Nation Tours was at a forty k tournament in arizona called wild west exodus yeah so that that's always kind of been wild like west. the uh, the the, the basis of our friends wild west shootout oh yeah what did I, no no wild oh, wild west it, exodus is the game is, right it's the game you're right <laughs> yes, that you, that's correct that you we're sponsored by and are now playing wild west exodus <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that was um, from around lunchtime till around dinner time. Um, yeah, so that's the thing about Battlefleet Gothic is it takes a long time to play. <laughs> yeah, that was that was easily a four-hour, six-round um, bonanza of dice rolling. It was super, super fun. Dude, Andy, you had a four cats while an, while an Arsenal match was on, and the bacon was running low. So I think the time allotted was was well invested. It worked out just about perfect, I think. So, uh, and then once once that game kind of ended up, we started dinner. I think I, I don't remember what we had for dinner that first night. That was fajitas. Oh, fajitas! Right, right, right. Fajitas, yeah. Matt and his lovely fajitas. I remember Matt. Thank you for remembering me. <laughs> <laughs> Can't speak for Devon, but I remember the fajitas. I, I do apologize that I forgot about the fajitas, but they were absolutely fantastic. And I don't know who brought that hot sauce, but that hot sauce was very tasty. Oh, Tapatio. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I grabbed that. that. So that's the thing about uh, hot sauces. Um, on board Navy ships, you generally have two hot sauces all the time. You always have Texas Pete, and you always have Tapatio. And occasionally you'll get some other random thing like Cholula or maybe... Uh, Maybe even some good old Tabasco, but for the most part, it's always either Texas Pete or uh, the uh, um, Tapatio. Geez, Tapatio, geez, I was drawing a complete blank. Yeah, Tapatio and uh, the uh, Texas Pete. So that's that's how I sort of got my uh, taste for it. Okay. Uh, so once we finished up with dinner, then it was time for the first role-playing experience of the weekend. Joe, why don't you take over and talk, talk to us about um, what you ran? And be nice. Because we're fragile. <laughs> Don't hurt what? my feet, <laughs> Why would I be mean? Um, you had we had one thing to do. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll, yeah. we'll get to that. 
we got time for that. We got two hours to get to that. Um, actually, we had two hours to get to that one part. Um, but now, so I wanted to do a Halloween-themed kind of, of game. And with that, um, no plug and tenant, but DM Guild uh, has amazing resources on there. And I was able to locate a particular module called The Hungering House. And it was almost set up kind of like um, uh, Evil Dead, like the cabin in the woods type scenario. And uh, basically, it was a extra dimensional place that led to one of the layers of hell. Um, so I was looking for something that would last two to four hours. I didn't want the game to drag on. I wanted to keep it as simple as possible. So I think the Hungering House provided that with us because... There really, if you guys remember, there wasn't a lot of combat throughout the game. Almost uh, none. Yes, yeah. and that was intended to be um, more uh, challenges, uh, tricks and traps and things like that. It also took into play the things that you don't use often, like madness and insanity, mm -hmm. as well as dev. <laughs> what was the other third thing that we used? A lot of wisdom saving throws. Because of possession. <laughs> Um, which, uh, Dev is not saying, but he had a very, very low wisdom score, which was very easy for the demon to possess his character. Right. That so line. I, I ended up playing a bard and we were playing as fourth level. Um, and the, the random array of stats I came up with or ended up rolling were mediocre for the most part. And it had one incredibly good roll which I put into Charisma, of course, and it had one absolutely dog shit roll. I think it was like a four or a five, which I, I'm like, mm, what do I need least as a bard? Like, I, I don't, who cares about wisdom? Like intelligence, that'll, that'll help me with, with um, the magic spells that I'll have later on. I still need to be able to do some sort of fighting or ranged combat or something. So the physical stuff, that's important. But you know what's not important to me? Wisdom. Who cares about wisdom? I'm a fucking bard. Well, apparently it matters when you're going into horror. Yes. And the, the premises was one of the characters would be possessed. Um, so pickings were easy with death. I, I didn't make a single saving throw the entire weekend. There was no payback for anything that happened in the past at all. And anyone who suggests such is, is incorrect. That's right. Spreading unfounded and vile rumors. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, so the first room was to provide various hints of what the story was. And it was two lovers, one being possessed and the other lover giving up his soul for her and, and, and all of that. But the crux of that particular part of the module was to get out of that room and into the next part. And um, the <clears throat> bane of all of this was the mirror. Yeah. And I think over, the, was, over the fireplace. I think Matt was the one that eventually figured it out, correct? Well, he's the one who finally tried to remove it. And yeah. while he start tried to remove it, he was attacked by uh, a mirror image of himself, which is exactly what I was expecting to happen when there's a mirror in a horror situation. I'm like, you stay the fuck away from that mirror. Um, I, my, never, my original never intention was to my original intention was to destroy that mirror, but luckily I didn't because then we never would have gotten out of that first room. Yeah. Joe, that was the last point of interest of everything that you described yeah. in that. The mirror was literally the last, and we were still hesitant about it. Yes. 
And there were, we there were various clippers throughout. We figured this room out via process of elimination. Like, we just, <laughs> like, pulled every last loose thread until we finally found the one that we needed, and it was the last one we pulled on, unfortunately. Let's try the door again. We tried it three times. Just one more time. No, I think the best was everyone's telling me, don't go near that chimney. I'm like, I want to see what's up that chimney. Someone give me some light. And then I get grabbed and pulled up by a ghostly thing, and I almost die. Like, that was fun. I definitely like it. Uh, again, it was called The Hungering House. It can be found on DM's Guild. Um, and I honestly think it costs like two bucks or two ninety eight, crazy like that. Well worth it. And, and it was well worth our four hours or so of play. And the combat we did have was pretty badass because that was, a, that was not only a, in my opinion, intense combat, mm -hmm. but we had folks, it wasn't easy. We had folks getting bloody. Oh, we yeah. had a couple of folks almost go down. The Rangers were using their healing capability, as we do. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that was really the climatic battle of it all. So, like you said, most of it was more psychological, more puzzle-solving, until the very end. It also helped that there were two big bads, like really, really tough monsters... But, but they really didn't like each other. So their primary goal was to take each other out, and then we were kind of secondary. Oh, I have a second attack. I'm going to send it against this guy. Oh, I have a third attack. I'm going to send it against this guy. Oh, he's retaliating against me. So, but, but they mainly, they, they kind of kept the attention of each other and allowed us to just kind of go in and wail on both of them simultaneously. And that was kind of intentional based on the module mm -hmm. um, because it was level-appropriate. Um, one of those particular monster creatures was devil. Um, and that chain devil at full strength probably would have TPK'd the party. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but within the module, there were scale downs based off the party level, how many party members there were. Uh, so it made it more challenging without making it deadly. Mm -hmm. So I did appreciate that aspect of the module. So it wasn't just like, Hey, here's a chain devil, and uh, you'll probably TPK your party with it. But. Yeah, no, they, they, the the designer of the module did a really good job, and I, I gotta say, Joe, uh, you did a really good job too. Like, I was really sort of enjoying the scenario and the sort of the scene you were painting and the creepy uh, factor. Yeah, yeah, like you actually incorporated some sort of horror movie background music that was really neat and. Uh, had just being able to play, you know, face to face with you guys and actually have miniatures on a table and everything was kind of neat. That mm. was a, a big change from the way we usually do it over Discord. So, and I, I think that's a good point in terms of play style and 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 game master style is, um, Discord is great and and D and D Beyond is great uh, to allow us to connect. But there's also that tabletop. Um, I'm I'm a very handsy. Um, game master um i don't i don't i think you notice i don't sit very often i stand almost the entire time i i play um so it was nice to be able to do that versus sitting behind my mission control of three monitors and <laughs> an ipad and everything else <laughs> all right so that's kind of the end of saturday day two uh, does anyone else want to talk about what anything else that went on on Saturday before we move on? All right. 
moving on to day three, Sunday, the penultimate day before we left and the last day of actual any game stuff. Uh, we started off the morning with another delicious breakfast, this time by Mr. Joe S. himself. Joe, what did you make for us? Uh, I kept it simple. Um, so we just kept it with pancakes and bacon, and um, I threw one of our, our local items in there, and that was Scrapple. Um, mm. We always talk about Scrapple, so I had the opportunity to uh, give that to you guys. So we included Scrapple in our pancake breakfast. So for those of you who aren't from whatever area Scrapple comes from, it's basically like a, I want to say a gelatinous cube of pig product, which is chopped into slices and then fried. Is that accurate? Fair. It's got cornmeal, dude. Fine. <laughs> well, looking at the, 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 the package it came in prior to it being chopped into, into slices and fried, it, it, looked, it looked gelatinous. It was, the package you're describing is called cellophane. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> well, I, I, in Dev's defense, right, and that particular scrapple that Joe brought and the way it was like the product was shaped and the way we sliced it, it really did sort of look like spam, which where I, is where I think Dev's making that connection from, mm -hmm. I have to guess. Oh, if only it had the solid consistency of spam. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it, it was completely different from spam, don't get me wrong. It just sort of looked like it a little bit. Yeah, Scrapple has a much, I don't want to say drier, but it's its a much more um, crumbly kind of texture. Mm -hmm. But it's, yeah. it, it, made it, it maintained its uh, square shape quite well when you fried it. That's because of the flour. Right. Oh, and you got to fry it in the bacon fat. Oh, obviously. Exactly. obviously. Yep. So you got you to gotta fry the pork product in the pork product <laughs> grease. <laughs> FYI. <laughs> It, it was certainly uh, interesting, and um, I, don't, I don't know if it's something I would have as part of my regular meal, like a breakfast. Oh, we, don't have, we don't have it as part of our regular meal. No, I mean just something I would normally incorporate into like a... Uh, if, if I were... if like, So I have like three or four different breakfasts that I make when I'm here at home. Um, one of them is like an omelet. One of them is... Um, um, hash browns like homemade hash browns and uh, over easy eggs um one of them is scrambled eggs like just just the just normal stuff that you would make at home but i don't know if i would <laughs> add scrapple to any one of those normally however it was definitely interesting to try i thought it was delicious oh it, it, was, it was fine yeah and and to dev to your point there's different ways and the, the, the regional um, area that Dev's referring to is Pennsylvania, the, the one of those strange commonwealths. Um, much like much like our, our pork roll and Taylor ham debate, where it's not really a debate because it's pork roll, it says it on the box. Yeah, I mean, but Scrapple, Scrapple is pretty much found in the, our tri-state region. So Delaware, Jersey, and PA, parts of Maryland. Yeah, and all, all Eastern. And the other way to do it is to deep fry. Still put the flour on, but you put it in the deep fryer, the diner. So you get it even crispier. Yeah, that's how most diners and, and restaurants do it, is they deep fry it. Okay. Mm. And so Dev, I, I was very shocked that you did not use your maple syrup on the scrap. No, see, I have this thing where my 
pork products, I don't want them at all sweet. I, I don't want sweetness to touch them. So I don't like it when there's bacon that's that's touching maple syrup or any other. So I, I didn't want to have um, the scrapple touching my my maple maple syrup either. Did you what you're saying that? is, if we're ever out at Duck Donuts, I get to eat the maple bacon donut. Oh, happily. I, I really the only <laughs> the only way I can stand maple flavor is as part of maple syrup on a pancake or or um, French toast. Um, any sort of these maple flavored things that people come up with, um, I've I've never understood the appeal of them, and I I, I definitely personally can't stand them. Like, like there's maple whiskey that someone came up with, which uh, the guys in Chicago who I go to visit absolutely adore. Uh, there's a Canadian version version called Sortilege, and they always ask me to bring a bottle for them because it's hard for them to get down there. And they like drink it as if it were water, and I can't even stand the smell of it. Well, you left Canada and then had to go back home to get the one prize possession. Was that maple syrup? Uh, it was not. I ended up buying New York maple syrup, or, or I guess um, forced Matt to buy <laughs> New York maple syrup for me. Um, no, the one prize possession I left home without and had to turn around to go back and get was the one thing I needed to cross the border, which was my passport. <laughs> and that also explained why I was an hour late getting to where we were going. Luckily, I didn't make it all the way to the border because that's... that's uh, I, the the border crossing I took like there's one that's close to my house that's only 45 minutes away the one I actually ended up using was an hour and a half away so that would have been like a three hour round trip if I had gone all the way yeah it wasn't it wasn't great um, I was really upset about uh, having to turn around and go all the way back home again well we're glad you made it Val yes, is Miss Val is very concerned with the motley crew that in the kitchen. None of whom was who she was expecting. <laughs> Have you got? Are any of you Devram? No, ma'am. Have you seen Devram? Have you seen Devram? Yeah, not not in a couple of years. <laughs> uh, all right, so that was uh, breakfast. Um, from there, we moved on to playing some board games. Um, which was like the, the second part of um, the, the, the fun that we were having. Uh, we started off with uh, a, an always a fan favorite, Tiny Epic Galaxies. Oh, yes. Um, I, I've, I, Tiny Epic Galaxies was my first intro to the Tiny Epic universe. Uh, it was I think pretty it's, early in their run of games. It's, so I, I think, think it's it the was, second, second thing they ever yeah, came out with. Second or maybe third. Yeah, it was, it was really early in the, uh, the run. And, and I've been on every Kickstarter kind of since that I, I did miss uh, galaxies but i've been on every kickstarter since then i have the entire collection of honey epic um box games but the only one i ever really go back and play over and over and over again is galaxies because it's so much fun and it's oh, yeah. super simple too it's 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 not a complicated rule set um the the rule booklet i think is only three pages and uh th there aren't a lot a ton of little models or anything but you, you have some cards that indicate um that are our planets that you go and visit and each of the planets is somewhat different it gives you different resources has different um, uh, point values of how much it costs to get it so based yeah, on the, yeah. the point value a higher point value it's a more difficult planet to get and then you roll some dice and then you allocate the dice towards the things you want to do so super fun game um, really easy to play and um, very enjoyable hey. So what, what I like about it, too, is, or what's interesting about it, I think, is that there's competition between the players, but there's not actual combat. Right. There's no, 
there's no space battles or anything going on. It's more about an economic competition, essentially, if right. you want to think of it that way. And we were talking a little bit about it over the weekend, but some of the tiny Epic games have kind of gotten a little more complicated mm -hmm. over time. And since this is one of the earlier games, it's still got that really sort of light, fresh, fun feeling to it where you can get in, get out inside of about 20 minutes and feel like you actually had a pretty in-depth experience, like a really interesting, engrossing experience. Yeah, right? and it's so. endlessly replayable. Like, you, every time you, your your planet composition is going to look different, The what, what comes up on the dice rolls is going to be different, the strategy you take on how you want to tackle things is going to be different. So, yeah, it, it's, it's a really, really fun game. Uh, from there, we moved on to Lords of Waterdeep, which uh, I think has also become a massive fan favorite for this group. Um, we ended up playing two rounds of that um, just just to, to, to pass the afternoon time. Uh, Lords of Waterdeep is a European-style worker placement game, but it's flavored with the, the background and uh, lore of the Forgotten Realms, which is a, a, a advanced Dungeons & Dragons setting. And I think that is one of the things Sorry. that kind of drew us to uh, to the game in the first place. So can I tell you, I got my copy on Wednesday. <laughs> I saw the so picture. Before, <laughs> so before we even left our CottageCon weekend, I had ordered one and it arrived on Wednesday. So I'm looking forward to playing it here at the house. I, I, I think you ordered it between rounds one and two. <laughs> yeah, you, you hadn't, we haven't even finished playing it yet. You were already online ordering it. That's how much I liked it. Yeah. Uh, and you freaked out at the price, too. You thought it was going to be double the price, didn't you? Yeah, it was relatively cheap. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, in this case, I, I bought it online versus supporting my local game store. But uh, I really wanted to have it when I got back. Yeah, uh, I got to admit, I'm actually thinking about getting a copy myself, although I think I'm going to hold off and put it on my Christmas list. So, <laughs> so uh, it's a funny story. I was first introduced to this game uh, at Adepticon, uh, not last year when or this year when you and I were there, Joe, but the year prior, where um, Ian from the Nerd Herders was doing a, uh, not a demo, but a he, he was kind of running a, a board game day um early on uh on the wednesday when everyone was kind of gathering so for the people that arrived early they had a chance to sit down and play some games together and just kind of get to know each other kind of almost like a mixer and that was one of the games that was being played and i actually got to to try it for the first time there and before i left Adepticon, i had ordered a copy and it was delivered by the time i got home so i i'm right there with you it's it's that much of an enjoyable game to play Yeah, so I am thankful for getting a chance to finally play the game, Dev. So thanks for bringing it. Oh, my uh, this is a game I've heard about uh, a long time ago. I mean, the game's been out, what, like 10 years now or maybe yeah. a little more? Yeah. And I'd always heard good things about it, but just never gotten the opportunity to try it. So it was exciting to finally get that chance and, and see what all the fuss has been about. So Yeah, there's like three or four um, Forgotten Realms-based board games that, that uh, TSR or whoever owns it now, um, Wizards of the Coast, have put out, which I've, I've been interested in and have kind of followed over the, uh, over the years. Um, well, I think one of them is Tales from the Red Inn, which is um, 
uh, not Forgotten Realms based, but Dragonlance based. But it's another one of the board games with kind of lore from from the books. There's another one that's like a tower defense where you're protecting a, a castle from on like hordes that are attacking it. I think that's something I saw on that uh, that Geek and Sundry board game channel that uh, Will Wheaton used to run. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's there's, there's a couple. Tabletop. Yeah. So that's that's the majority of what we did on uh, Sunday afternoon. Uh, Sunday. Um, go ahead. If that was a sneeze, bless you. No, it was actually a cough. I, I've got a tickle on the back of my throat right now, and so I'm trying. Do you have con crud? Uh, I mean, potentially, although it's probably more likely from work rather than from uh, from from the con that we did. Okay. Uh, so that night, uh, we ended up having dinner, which was the burgers that I had originally made for lunch on Saturday, which we never had uh, the hunger for. Uh, so we ended up uh, putting that off until dinner for Sunday. And while I was out slaving in the cold over the barbecue, you guys all got to watch a lot of wrestling. So does anyone want to talk about that? Hugh Matthew Clark. Holder of the remote and knower of theme songs. Say, to be fair, I I was saying we should play more games, and people weren't interested in playing another game right away. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll go over to where the TV was, and I don't know, I don't remember what we were watching. Oh no, it was because the Arsenal game was on in the background. So uh, that was thanks to um, Peacock having Peacock. Yep. Well, up up here in Canada. You can get Peacock, but the WWE Network is separate. Where in the States, it's the only place where they're combined. So I'm like, okay, let's just turn on some wrestling in the background. And we ended up watching both Royal Rumbles from 2023. My favorite was Dev came in in between, like 75% through the, the male Royal Rumble. And we mentioned that there was a women's Royal Rumble as well this year. And Dev's like, that's awesome. You mind putting that one on afterwards? So Matt said, sure, no problem. So Matt put it on and then proceeded to leave and go outside for the next three and a half hours to cook burgers. <laughs> he was out there. You were out there a long time, Dan. Uh, yeah, so we, we did have an issue with the barbecue. Um, I don't know if it was a barbecue issue or if it's a dev issue. But so for a while, I could only get one of the burners running. The other two were just kind of spitting out um, fumes uselessly. Um, then we finally managed to get all of them lit, and then the lights, uh, for some reason, without me touching the uh, the knobs, um, the first two went out again. So it was there was really only one burner that was working. So I was having a really hard time heating up the um, the the barbecue itself. Eventually, everything finally worked out, and uh, but it, it it did take a long time to cook those burgers. And to be fair, I, I took like two kilos worth of. Um, worth of ground beef and turned it into 12 burgers so <laughs> there was a lot of meat in those burgers they, they, they were, were there was they so were i would say that, that that those those two hours of professional wrestling probably more than quadrupled the total amount of professional wrestling that i'd watched in my life so 
it was, it was definitely something of a new experience for me, and I appreciate having some old hands around to help sort of uh, explain to me just on what on earth it was that I was watching. I'm <laughs> We didn't even go back to like the old school stuff. We only saw the ring general have a red pectoral muscle for 45 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. I was thinking about it afterwards. Like, uh, actually, no, to be honest, I think I, I did do that. I went back to try to watch one of the older ones. I'm like, no, 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 no. Let's just watch one of the newer ones because the, the newer ones have, well, different people have different ideas what wrestling is. Like, to me, wrestling is about emotions. Like, it's all about generating reaction, whether the reaction is positive or negative, those kind of things. And I will say that the older stuff generates more emotion, especially when you've been invested in the storylines. But when you're with a group of people that have no idea who a lot of these people are or anything about them, like, you want to show them wrestling. And if you're not showing them King of the Ring 1998, where mankind goes through the hell of a cell. Oh my god, that then, I still get nightmares about that. <laughs> oh, it's horrifying to watch. Then you, you pick a Royal Rumble, so then they can see as many different people, and it generates, they call it a spot fest, where it's just somebody comes in, they do a move, or they do all, all their special moves, and then they go, what did, what did you call it? The union? It's the union part where they have to go sit in the corner and just out of the way for like 10 minutes before they union get eliminated? Break. A union break. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, couldn't I couldn't imagine being in the ring for an hour and just go, 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 go. So I can understand the whole union break. I mean, even some of the ones that some of the wrestlers that when they're in those events for the Royal Rumble and they come in even relatively early like uh, they there's 30 entries what well, person comes in every two minutes so even if you come in at number 10 you're going to be in the ring for 40 minutes well sometimes they leave the ring and they end up just spending a lot of the match on the floor and then towards the end they roll back into the ring and become part of the story again but then you've got someone like the ring general who was in there for well over an hour and he was fighting for almost that entire hour yeah he did not He's, take a huge break no, no. So you understand who the guys that are in shapes. Like, uh, I was wearing my Daniel Bryan Yes shirt that I got at the Royal Rumble when we went back in 2015 when it was in Philly. And uh, he's another guy. He'd been in the uh, Royal Rumble for over 70 minutes and was fighting almost the whole time. So you get to see who's, who's in shape and who they uh, revolve those stories around. Kind of nice. Even though we didn't get to see it this time, we did talk about it, and the guys got a kick out of it. You don't follow wrestling of Mick Foley and the one Royal Rumble when he came in with as all of his personas. These <laughs> <laughs> baby boys making some impact here on uh, the Royal Rumble. <laughs> well, it was uh, Mrs. Foley's baby boys pulling a triple header. <laughs> he came in at. He came in at number one as Cactus Jack, and then he came in a little bit later as Mankind, and then he came in towards the end as uh, Dude Love. So he, he came in as all, all three of his. Well, some of it. Some people still say it's because they didn't have a big and deep enough roster to have thirty guys come in. But right. I just like the uh, comedic effect of him being in there three times. Yeah, no matter what happened to cause that, we won. That was just amazing. Yes, we really did. <laughs> 
right so yeah. once once dinner was over and uh, we finished up our our wrestling fun uh we moved on to the kind of the final event of the weekend which was me running my top secret si game for you guys where we got so little done in the three or four hours that we actually played and i absolutely loved it um basically uh prior to starting the real adventure where you travel to monaco um i threw out some clues as to what the adventure was going to be about and then told you guys to go investigate and that investigation was so bloody detailed <laughs> that it took the entire playtime uh but we spent it basically in in north america before even moving over to monaco <laughs> now you know how joe feels and there weren't even any mirrors anywhere that's right <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what, what can I say? We're not the most efficient role players. But nope. We have fun. It was absolutely fantastic, <laughs> though. I'm really so it it was great that no one you know tried to rush into do to doing any combat because really you're there as as unofficial investigators. You don't technically have even like law enforcement credentials or anything, um, but you you basically are just there to gather information and then uh, figure out what to do next. And so we no have one... them. They may not be real though, Dad. What's that? We have the credentials. They just may not be real or legitimate. True. And, and I did let you guys get away with a lot of shenanigans when it came out to just pulling uh, background uh, stories and, and, and fake credentials, too. But I, I didn't care because we were having such a blast. And it's basically a one-shot as well. You let you let Matt go car shop. True. <laughs> I can't help it. My guy was rich. Yeah, it's it's one of his perks that that he built into his background is that he's an ex-politician who comes from a family of wealth. So he has access to incredible amounts of funds just at the drop of a hat and he used that to great effect. I like my car. And I think uh I think the beautiful police officer who I took on the date also appreciated my car. She did. Much to my chagrin. Because my character was completely smitten because I epic failed my uh, role to see if I could resist her feminine charms. <laughs> oh, it was well, so great. It wasn't even a charm, brother. You and I, she walked into the, into the room. You and I are useless. And then she just spots the French Canadian dude who's not Canadian, but he's French. Figure that backstory out. That's like a three hour episode. That'd be the accent. That'd be the accent. <laughs> not not only uh, French, but old and curmudgeonly and not interested in her at all, which of course only drew her in more. Yep. Yeah, I was at least I was at least twice her age. Oh, I, I'd say probably maybe close to three times. Uh, she, no. Well, yeah, you know, I was, you're not that I'm old. Still about no, yeah. I'm still about sixty. Dev, we did get a sneak peek of what Matt's going to be like in a couple years. Yeah, and it is amazing. Uh, yeah, I, I can't I can't wait. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Americans. <laughs> Stupid Americans. The first time I was like playing the stereotypical dumb American. I was, I was having a lot of fun doing yeah, that. Yeah, so. that was that was also super good. Everyone's role play was fantastic. I really enjoyed that. So I think <laughs> when Joe, <laughs> Joe, Joe just spent the whole time smoking in the van. <laughs> he smoked in the van. It's 1980s. Joe, can you help me with this walkie-talkie, please? <laughs> As his cigarette hangs out of his mouth. Uh, so the chair kind of, guy. That does kind of bring up a point, though, is, is you know, we're used to our, our cell phones. We're used to all this modern technology. Mm -hmm. And we all grew up through the 80s. So, you know, maybe 
more or less. Um, so trying to remember what technology was available right. during the time that we were playing. I don't know how many times we looked on our phones to figure out whether that was around or not. We basically needed to watch a few episodes of the A-Team before we played to sort of like get our mental images right, I think. Oh, and I hope we get to do a montage too. Make something crazy. <laughs> Joe would just be sitting in the background smoking during the montage. <laughs> Reading a newspaper as they did in the Oh no, that would be me. I would probably be smoking reading a newspaper because Joe was playing a tech guy. So you you three would go and build something, and I just and smoke smoking those stereotypical French uh, cigarettes as well. Ah no, I'm not. No, I don't. I don't discriminate against cigarettes. I see. And none, uh, I'm not speaking for everybody, but at least my character. The stats were not in anyone's favor, especially my own. So I could not even get the clip off of a walkie-talkie in a police station. The battery clip, not the actual belt clip. I was trying to put a bug in it. Well, listen, I couldn't the, do it. The, the only reason that you were um, having to roll at all was because you're trying to do it while talking to the person and you don't want them to, to, to realize what it is that you're doing. She so, was flirting with that. Fine, she was. So she was somewhat distracted, which made it a bit easier. But you, you basically, um, you, you it was a stressful situation. If you had had nothing but time, then I wouldn't have even made you roll. If there was no one else in the room, I wouldn't have even made you roll. You just plant the bug and you move on. The only time I'd like, you, to, think of it, I'd like to think of it as a pickle jar scenario where I loosened it with Joe. Sure. And then that way it was super easy for him to do. Yeah, he just he just popped it off and put the thing in and put it back, gave it yeah, back like, to you. Not even, he didn't uh, yeah. even break eye contact with me. He just rolled dice while looking at me and said, yeah, I passed. I, I don't even know if he needed to roll for something like that because, again, there's no one around him. He's he's not under any sort of scrutiny from anyone. There's no time limit. Uh, maybe there was we're a little in, bit of a time limit. We're in the, the California Highway Patrol parking lot. <laughs> but there was so much smoke from the van that it didn't anything. You got covered. <laughs> Which I think I think Matt and I talked about it. I think both of our characters are short-winded as well. Mm -hmm. Yep. Him, yep. Him due to his age, me due to smoking. And um, so if there are any upcoming foot chases, count us out. Well, luckily we're in Monaco with uh, Tex, Tex Man, who has, uh, I'm sure, beef and steak on the menu. From the North Forty of his Monaco estate. Yep, the uh, the old uh, Texan rancher who's retired and sold off his ranch and taken all of his money and moved to the wonderful coast of Monaco. As you should. So that we we didn't really get a chance to get deep into the storyline at all, but um, at least it gives us something to do uh, with upcoming Thursday nights. So if I give you a lot of grief about the backpacks, and I will continue to do so as long as you and I both live. I have no but doubt. I did. I did thoroughly enjoy your flexibility and your just the smirkiness of you going. Oh, all right, fine. Um, yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> sure. So you got a roll of decks of business cards, huh? You do. All right. 
Well, as kind of the face of the party, that 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 does make some some sense. And we did establish that you guys had been doing this job for a while, so you would have had at least a repertoire of of identities that you had previously created. And I did love the fact that, and, and this is not meant to be a jab in any way, because I love you. I did love the fact that you played off what I was saying, especially with the General Grant Dukes of Hazard spinoff. When Matt asked me a question, he goes, there's no General Grant and Dukes of Hazard. And you came to my defense, my burly protector, and you went, he said it was a spinoff. Okay, well, there you go. Well, I know who the historic General Lee is, and I know his counterpart is General Grant. So when you started bringing that up, I'm like, oh, okay, obviously this is a Civil War reference. And, uh, of course, there'd be a spinoff that involved another car called the General Grant. No problem. Exactly. Why wouldn't there? <laughs> well, I, I have to say, Dev, that, um, you know, you guys have been my sort of real introduction to tabletop role-playing. I had done a couple of one-shots before we started playing on Discord, but nothing as often or as regular as what we've been doing over the last few years. And I always appreciate the games you run because you have such a large back catalog of various games mm -hmm. that you we get to try out cool little gems like this one where yeah. this game came out, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Uh, 30, and, 30, 40 years 30, ago, almost. Yeah. yeah. And I never even heard of it uh, without having you introduce it to me, let alone play it. So that's always fun and super cool. And, and, <laughs> Andy, Andy, do you think that Devrim's uh, perpetual based off of his love of equated games? <laughs> like Pendragon as well? Hey, Pendragon... Pendragon Listen, I will have you know that Pendragon is a living game. A, uh, a new edition was recently released. It's still in ongoing development, so it's not a dead oh, game yeah. yet. About that new edition. It's, listen, um, the spinoff from it called um, uh, Charlemagne, I think, um, or Paladin, is uh, set in the Charlemagne era rather than the King Arthur era, so it's a bit more modern, a bit more religion-based, um, and, and is, is definitely a contemporary game. I just like the crunchiness and the fact that you knew all all slash most of the rules for the crunchiness of this 30-year-old, 35-year-old game. Right. That in and of itself was insane. So this is actually one of the main reasons why um, I want to bring Totally Wicked Awesome Tabletop to life as an actual thing where we record and, um, and, and talk about the various games. Because the, I, I do have, like... 30 some odd games just kicking around just in the basement right now not including the library i have upstairs in my in my library room uh so i've i've got a ton of games that are relatively old that most people may have never heard of so i would love to introduce you guys and through you the rest of the audience uh into these obscure games which have incredible mechanics that that you never would have known about well, the beauty of well, the beauty of some of this stuff is like we talked about well months ago when we first started talking about doing a podcast around this. Mm -hmm. It was okay. We'll do we'll do one one uh, episode that was related to character creation, mm -hmm. and then we'll do an episode related to uh, gameplay. Well, at the pace that we play games <laughs> in this role playing session, I mean, we we might be able to get through 
one quarter of one module in like three three <laughs> sessions. Episode one, the mirror, part one. <laughs> yeah. Well, the the thing about what we would do because it would be such a structured format, um, we, we may not finish that module during the recording, and so we will only be able to talk about the stuff that we actually did get to complete. But there's nothing to stopping us from going offline and just keep playing that module until it's finished. But for the recording purposes, there would only really be the three episodes that were planned. Mm. And that makes sense. Yeah. So I am looking forward to the uh, Robotech role-playing game. Oh, now, are you talking a new... Yeah, the one that you... Oh... Yeah, it's it's definitely one that I that I in, have enjoyed playing in the past, both as a player and as a GM, and uh, I think it's gonna we're gonna have a really good time. the The one real not issue, but the the difficulty with that game is if people wanted to play something different for each one of the characters, that might be difficult to find a scenario where you're all kind of doing things simultaneously. So so we're all Valkyrie pilots. Right. So if, if we made you all Veritech pilots, then the problem becomes how do you kind of have yourself stand out? How do you, like, at, at that point, it would basically, your stats would pretty much be the same depending on how you rolled. Your skills would pretty much be the same. And really, the only thing differentiating you is how you play your character, which could be a lot of fun as well. Deb, I know this is going to make your head explode, but mm -hmm. bear with me. Sure. Let me get to the third sentence. Okay. You create rules for a two-seated Veritech. Mm -hmm. It exists. There's a there's a training Veritech that has two seats. Yep. But take away the training. Make it badass. Okay. There you go. Problem solved. I'll be I'll be a goose any day. <laughs> oh, and then we bring Top Gun into it. Awesome. I, one of my favorite movies of all time. No problem. <laughs> that would that would that would potentially solve the problem. Because you could be a front seat or a back seat, and then you'd just have a wing of two, two, two planes. Yep, or have an NPC. If, if everybody wants to be a pilot, have NPCs be the back seat, and you can interchange them when people go down. Sure. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's easily doable. Or throw my ass in the AWAC and let me tell everybody where the incoming's coming from. <laughs> One of the two. Well, t Terry, what game are you talking about? Like, this was a video game. Where one person had the joystick and the other would have the keyboard to route like the deflector shield. Freaking X-wing, X-wing, and Dev had to remind me that it was, he had to use the keyboard. It's like, no, you didn't. I was, I was, I was confident. Oh, it was just a joystick. You're like, no, no, no you, you press the plus and the minus button to get the shields redistributed. Yeah, back back then, but, joysticks didn't have enough buttons to do all the things that you had to do on the ship. Nice. So, so that's what we'll do. The guy in the yeah, back will route, route powered shields. Mm -hmm. <laughs> guy in the front will fly. I think, if I remember correctly, God, this is really going back. Dev, mm -hmm. the plus was move the shield to the front. The minus sign was move them to the back. And then to, to redistribute the shields equally, the front and back with what you had remaining, whether it was full or half, you hit the equal sign. Uh, I don't think it was equal. I think it was the um, the open, open or close bracket, one or the other. 
I'm not going to argue. But I honestly, it's been more than 25 years since I last played that game. Yeah. So. I just remember, I remember, and I, it got to the point where you didn't even have to tell the person or suggest. It's just like, shut up, Baldy, do your job, shoot this stuff. It's coming in. Yeah. That was a blast. That was so fun. <laughs> so with the end of uh, the game, um, well, with the, the end of our game session on Sunday night where everyone was super, super tired, it's getting close to 10.30 or 11, and everyone pretty much just crashed. And then next morning, we... I don't think we even had breakfast. We just basically cleaned up and uh, and called it a day. And went there, to there the snacking on previously made breakfast food. Yeah, of course. So. Yeah. We but had we had a few cinnamon rolls, about. and then there were some of Joe's pancakes. And... But I mean, oh, we, we had eaten so much. Oh, yeah, we never, we, never, we never talked about the cinnamon rolls. Andy, let's talk about those cinnamon rolls you made. How good were those? Uh, well, so I, this is a recipe I've made a few good. times in the past. Um, and they've been a big hit every time I've made them. Um, they're a they're made completely from scratch, so you know, start with flour and yeast and uh, raise the dough and the whole bit. And um, they're they're sort of tagged. Uh, it's a recipe I found online. They're tagged as a Cinnabon replacement recipe. Nice. Um, and and one of the keys to getting sort of that gooey cinnamon bun uh, texture is you. Pour in some heavy cream into the bottom of the pan before you put the whole thing into the oven. That, okay. that sort of is what the sort of the little oh. secret trick is. And um, I did modify the recipe slightly mm. because I uh, doubled the amount of cinnamon filling that it called for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're uh, getting because, more in this. Yeah, yeah, I like cinnamon too. Because what I found is when I get a um, when I was making these the first couple of times, it felt like I was really scraping the dough to get a even layer of cinnamon filling when I was had rolled out the dough and then put the cinnamon filling on it. And so as a result, I decided that uh, it would be better if there was just more cinnamon stuff to go around. So that's that's why I've been doing is I've been doubling the, the amount of cinnamon filling. And it seems to work much better. It seems to work much better. I like the results better. So... <laughs> They were insane. They were ridiculously amazing, man. Thank yeah, you. super, super gooey, very tasty, just absolutely fantastic. And normally, very, very, I, I would eat like more than one. So. <laughs> well, I I had two at breakfast along with a pancake. And yeah, that's, that's if right. there wasn't, I forgot. So. Well, if if the, if there wasn't so much food <laughs> all weekend. I, I don't know about you guys. I had gut rot on Monday. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's awful. It's way too so, much food. Yeah, we should definitely mention the fact that we way, 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 way overbought on food and drinks and everything else. Like, we basically had enough stuff to eat for a week, and we were there for a weekend. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we were also very aggressive in the... Um, divvying up the the responsibilities for who's going to make what meal and we actually thought we were going to be eating three meals not realizing well we probably aren't going to even have breakfast until 10 30 or 11 so lunch is right out the window we don't even need to worry about lunch anymore yeah i don't think nope. after having breakfast at 11 yeah so i think in the future we just plan a brunch style meal yeah and i also think we were in a time warp of some kind because Whatever meal we were making, 
it took significantly longer than what we planned for as the pair of the meal. Right. And it's just, I yeah. can knock out a couple burgers in like, what, 45 minutes tops. Meanwhile, we watched two Royal Rumbles. <laughs> Listen, we watched, you watched one and a half Royal Rumbles because there was still a bunch left over from the second one. And the, the first one, I didn't even start really cooking until maybe after the first 10 people were in the ring. Oh. Yeah, the, yeah and, speak, and speak for yourself, Terry. Mine was fast. Yours was fast, that's true. Oh, those those fajitas were quick. Yeah, that's a no 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 comment. That's, that's <laughs> Be only fair. because that's only because Andy was carrying your ass with the topatia. Take that. <laughs> oh gosh. Really? Be, really? Because even in prep time, I spent prep time in the morning right. after breakfast. I went and did some chopping. How long did you spend on Friday night preparing your Saturday breakfast? <laughs> six, six and a half hours. I'm like, is is Terry even here? I drove him here. He's got to be around here somewhere. <laughs> Matt, you are, you, you can bust my chops about that in in one moment. I, all I want to say is, you scared the hell out of me when we were all around the island, and you were preparing the kitchen or excuse me, the chicken with the spices, and I saw you pour out a little bit of spice in your palm, put it in, pour out a little bit more of the spice out into your palm, put it in. And then look at the bottle. Like, eh, fuck it. <laughs> Continue to dump the entire bottle in. I thought it was kind. <laughs> to be fair, I pre-measured it at home before I even brought it. So okay. I knew exactly how much. There was a little bit of shock and awe, but a lot of it is, okay, I want to just mix it. I'll pour a little bit in, mix it. So I'm a big fan of the put it in, marinate in a um, large Ziploc bag. Mm-hmm. Then you can, well, sometimes you can blow a little air into it, but otherwise you just, you close it and not suck the air out and you can give it a good shake and stuff. So my original intention, I'll put a little bit in, give it a little shake, so things around. Nah, nah, just dump it all in there and then just give it a big shake. And Thank you for not blowing or sucking our chicken marinade. I appreciate it. <laughs> Yeah, no. It wasn't, I'll do that with my family. I'm not going to do that with anybody else. <laughs> well, that's going to get edited. <laughs> nope, I'm leaving or, that in there. Or yep. become a t-shirt. One of the two. <laughs> I'll do that with my family, but I'm not blowing chicken for anyone else. Uh, also, oh, I, I want to thank you all for um, getting in on the the merch. Um, we set up a little um, T Public site, well, using the out of the basement T Public site to create the totally wicked awesome tabletop T shirts and uh, and hoodies that everyone kind of jumped on, and uh, we got pictures taken on the the very last day with us wearing all of our merch. That was fun. I did like the fact that Andy was smart enough to get a sticker mm -hmm. to put in the. Uh... I thought that was really common. Although anybody who visits the site is going to wonder why, why we murdered orcs and in turn what in fact an orc is. <laughs> Unless they're so really cool. Because right? the, the guest book is all about, uh, like most interests in the guest book are like these groups of girlfriends that go up there for like a mom wine weekend or right. something. Yeah, it is in wine wineries country. all over the place up there, yeah. So, so you have all these groups of wine moms, and then you have our entry talking about murdering orcs. So it's great. 
and I will let you guys know that Val did leave a very nice um, comment uh, review of us as guests, and she she thought we were very polite and very. We kept the place really nice and clean. We tied it up well after ourselves. So good on us. Very good. So we we can go back there. Yeah, yeah. We're we're definitely welcome. Only if we promise not to flood out the kitchen again. So. Well, I, I don't think we ever ended up mentioning that to her at, at any point. <laughs> and that wasn't us. It was the piping that did it. True. I love we were the, we're the fixers of the problem. <laughs> we left it better than when we found it. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. And we found a penny. We did find a penny. I left it on the sink in the bathroom. So with that, I think we can bring this to a close. I think we all had a really good time. Um, this was actually one of the reasons we did this. The five of us had never been in the same location at the same time before. Usually it was uh, some combination of three or four of us at uh, either a tour, a Geek Nation tour, or at Adepticon just um, as regular guests or whatever. But we'd never all been at the same place at the same time. I, I think Andy and Matt had never actually officially met in real life. No, we hadn't. We had not, but yeah. You two were the factor. Andy and Matt, yeah. you two were the factor of not ever hitting five. Right. It was either Andy was there and Matt wasn't, or Matt was there and Andy wasn't. Right. Nice yeah. job, slackers. Well, yeah, what happens to be the two youngest that have young kids. Right. Yeah. Oh, stop. You know, stop it. Don't get real. <laughs> <laughs> Dev, he used reality against me. Well, I will say that uh, um, each one of us, I think, with possibly the exception of myself and Andy, have had some interaction just with like, the two of us. Like, So, Terry, you and I have been on things where it's just you and me. Um, uh, Joe and I have gone on tours together where it's just him and me. Uh, Matt lives relatively close by, so he's actually coming to town a couple of times, and we've just gotten to hang out by ourselves. Um, but it, so it was really nice to have the whole group together at the same time. I agree. Yeah. I, I was going to say the last year and a half, I visited Terry in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. I saw you at Adepticon. Right. Andy and I were, we went down to the Richmond open. Yep. Yep. And it was just Matt that I, so Matt, you and I are going to do a backpacking trip. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. So I'll, I'll drive up your way. We'll do a weekend, uh, backpacking camping trip and they were Sounds never good. heard from again <laughs> terry i think you and i should join them but just stay like we, we should glamp while they're actually camping we'll be, yeah we'll be in the freaking uh tiny home at the bottom of the mountain that's right we'll we'll, we'll bring a generator we'll have a tv we'll set up Deb, well, you we and talk I start cooking on, on wednesday for the friday and saturday uh scheduled meals right <laughs> <laughs> Oh jeez! Oh, I've talked like about that with other friends trip. too. Sorry, Matt. Go ahead. I can, yeah, yeah. I've talked about that with other friends too, like uh, the Bruce Trail, which runs for quite a ways. It runs right near my house, but going up Collingwood Way, there's uh, like a, a big uh, ski ski resort right at the bottom of the hill, and the trail runs right along part of the top of the hill. So you just hike, and then you walk down the hill at the end of the day, and there you go. You've got lots of restaurants and plenty of beer. And if not, there's the Niagara Falls section of the trail. 
Define hill. You guys can hang out in Niagara Falls. <laughs> it's a ski hill. Define hill for Devrim and I, please. Oh, no, no. The, oh. This, this definitely falls outside my purview of what's acceptable. Yeah. No, they call they, it's called Blue Mountain, but if you live anywhere near, like, the Appalachians even, it's not a mountain. It's just a very large ski hill. I mean, I used to live near the Rockies, so I've seen true mountains and nothing yeah. in this, in this uh, neck of the woods classifies as a mountain to me but i'm still not gonna not climb it <laughs> no no not up you just go down oh as long as down. it's always down i'm i'm no problem i'm, oh, I'm it's awesome always at down. down but you end you end down <laughs> down 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 that's another t-shirt <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> i never liked the up but i'm awesome at down <laughs> no no stairs my arch nemesis yeah Yep. That's another teacher. <laughs> we just need a samurai in front of a temple with a whole ton of stairs. <laughs> stairs, my mortal enemy. <laughs> the sword drawn. <laughs> uh, I might be able to Photoshop something like that. So I think um, I'm speaking for everyone now, but I think we had an amazing time and we're potentially making this a yearly trip. Is this, the, is this the, the first annual CottageCon? I would, I, would, I would hope that potentially is removed from that statement. Okay, so so we're definitely doing this every year. This is year one of many. I think the fall time period is a good period. Yeah, not too hot, not too cold. It's also past the major con season, so it's not like we're trying to split spread to the winds to go a whole bunch of different cons. Right. So. Yeah. I'm potentially going to my last Adepticon for a while uh, next year. So once, once, if 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 Whoa. I if I don't go back afterwards, um, I'll, I'll need something to take up that uh, that socialization. Where'd all those adjectives, adverbs, and other words come in front of uh, last? When that happened? Well, it's I, I, like I said, it's potentially. I I don't know if I'm going to keep going this will this will i think will be my 10th or 11th year um i might take a break is it because they keep running out of guinness uh it isn't um it's mainly it's mainly because the last five years uh i've been going for free and i didn't have to worry about the rising cost of the tour uh and this year i had to pay for myself and I, i'm not happy about that and then and then i might not do it again is what i'm saying and then? No, and then. Hey, Dev, I'm I'm bringing a plus one this year. I know, I know, you're insane. You're double dipping. So I'm I'm getting hit double. Yeah, I hear you. Joe says Joe says plus one, everyone, but it's his son. <laughs> yeah. oh. For the record, he's not bringing a date or a significant other. He's bringing his his kid, teenage yeah, his teenage son. Yeah, but, his last oh, but that's his last even, that's even better. College. That's not double. I yes. just want to put money. I want to put money on G Money right now for the cake shake challenge. Oh, he'll do it. Oh, he can no, beat it. We cake shake challenge. We've all. Done. Who hasn't beaten the cake shake challenge? I have not. No one has. Well, then you need to decide to find the cake shake challenge. Do you just mean not taking a dump within ten minutes of drinking it? Oh, I survived just fine. I could probably have two. Oh, there you go. The gauntlet has been thrown. 
Listen, I barely survived mine that was forced upon me, which I had no interest in actually having, but it, I had no choice once it was put into my hand. Oh, and yet you finished it for you. I did, but I wasn't happy about it is what I'm saying. <laughs> I hate this. This is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right, so uh, why don't we just um, end it here, say thank you for joining us for this recap of the amazing CottageCon 2023 uh, that some of us were lucky enough to go on, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Hopefully the first of many. <laughs> thank you for joining us for another episode of the Out of the Basement podcast. We'd like to thank Radio Free Music for our intro and outro music. Both songs were done by an amazing artist named Silent Partner. The intro music is called Drop and Roll, and the outro music is called Grand Navy Plaza. And we'll have links to both those songs in our show notes. If you liked what you heard and wish to support the show, please consider becoming a backer on Patreon. We can be found at patreon.com slash OOTBpod. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time.